crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Hey, welcome to another Big Fake Radio Show. Joining me as always is new Larry, Kevin Jank. For you, the day Jake graced your podcast was a big, momentous day. But for me, it was just Friday. That's right. And that is a quote of sorts from the movie we're watching tonight, Street Fighter from 1994, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, the man who was originally supposed to play that part is my personal attorney, spiritual advisor, Tuffy. All I want to do is rule the world. Is that too much to ask? No, it really isn't. Um, so you can't just watch Street Fighter by, you know, the normal crew. You need to bring in special guests to watch something like Street Fighter. So we, we brought in an author and raconteur. It's our old buddy Miles Watson. Miles. Uh, what Mike Dell meant to say there was that, uh, you know, you can't just watch it with anybody, so you should get a somebody. But if you can't get a somebody, you get Miles Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Miles, you're you're a fighter, Miles. You know you train in the arts, so I'm sure you appreciated this uh, action. I've been I've been hit many times. <laughs> I hear you it. fight with a metal mask and metal Wolverine claws. <laughs> I uh, I should jump in there and say that uh, a criminal that I encountered recently was arrested for aggravated assault because he had such long, sharp fingernails. Oh, and he lacerated this dude so badly. And when they took him to, you know, interrogate him, he said, call me Wolverine. And I'm not making that up. <laughs> I couldn't awesome. fucking believe that one. I was like, oh, I see wow. a lot if of If he was a real shit, comic but... book fan, he would have said, call me Sabretooth. That's yeah, more of a Sabretooth. Or he would have said, call me Logan. But yeah, no. <laughs> but he's a criminal. What do you expect? Yeah, what can you do? All right, bro, we'll get to Street Fighter in a bit, though. Uh, Miles, the other big news from you is uh, you recently left the country by choice. I it did. wasn't like you got exported or anything. <laughs> yeah, thanks for qualifying. <laughs> but uh, you went up to well, Montreal, to Canada. There was right? some unpleasantness with the law. Yeah, I went to uh, Quebec province. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Quebec. Canada. You know, my favorite team was the Quebec Nordiques. And when I was a child, that was always my goal, to get to Quebec. And here I am, an old, bitter man, and I've never done it. Uh, yeah, maybe Stop you should it. take care of that business. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. like to take naps. Yeah. You can take naps in Canada. They take uh, naps. I suppose. Canadian naps. But why were you up in Montreal? Was it a, uh, a pleasure trip? It was, and I, I've been to uh, British Columbia once. I went to Vancouver. I liked it, and that triggered, uh, partially triggered that in my my love of 80s, 90s, 2000s television, which is either faked to be in America, but is actually yeah. shot in Canada, the or is actually shot in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so many, so many things. Um, or the occasional kidding. show that is actually shot in the, uh, like Forever Night was shot in Toronto and is actually set in Toronto, whereas opposed to Friday the 13th, the series is shot in Toronto and fakes. That it's like Chicago without ever mentioning Chicago. It's weird. I don't know why they didn't set it in Canada. But anyway, uh, I wanted to go to Iceland 
And when I crunched the numbers, I could not <laughs> afford it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's a big trip. It, it wasn't Iceland. as horrifically expensive as you might think, but it was still outside my modest range. I, so I hear tell that Iceland's like the most, one of the most beautiful places to go, right? It's like, very and that's nice. what I wanted to do, but I just couldn't make it work. It was like, I, I, I was willing to financially injure myself, but I wasn't willing to commit financial suicide. So <laughs> I was like, where can I go that's foreign? Because gas prices are up, including aviation fuel. So flights, especially overseas flights, are more. Anyway, I decided that one. I was like, where can I go that's foreign but doesn't, you know, require all that? And I thought Canada. And then I thought, well, what's the most foreign part of Canada? Quebec, where they speak French. So I went to Quebec. But before I went to Quebec, my car was hit and run. Oh, I didn't know Uh, this. It was parked. Yeah, it was it was a very minor hit and run in theory. I would not have even known that it was hit and run if not for the fact that somebody saw it, called the police. The police came and left a little flyer under my windshield saying (laughs) you were the victim of a hit and run. So I did a circle around the car twice the next day. And then I saw it was hit. It was like scuffed uh, right right above the tire wheel Ah, well area. Gives a character. Yeah, like a very shallow dent. And I was like, yeah, who gives it? I wouldn't have even noticed. Honest to God, yeah. would not have noticed. I was like, I would have noticed eventually by accident, but probably not for weeks. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'll call it into insurance. And then my adventure began because they were like, okay, you know, jump through the hoops. And they they kept pushing this rental car on me, even though my car was drivable. So I was like, well, I'm going to be going to it, I, the, the car had been acting a little wonky before the hit and it, it was acting more wonky after the hit. Oh, so I was like, go. I'm not driving all the way to Connecticut, you know, and then spending the night there and then going up to uh, six and a half more hours to the border and another hour. I'm like, why not just get a rental car? My insurance company is going to pay for it. So they give me a Highlander 2023. Hey. Brand new, like 6,000 miles on it or something. That was a terrible movie. Remember Highlanders? (laughs) (laughs) So I I drive to – I end up driving to to Montreal in my rental. And I get there. Everything's good. Park the car, do the things. Got an Airbnb. Next day I wake up. The car is gone. (laughs) (laughs) gone and i'm like well i can't read french very well so maybe i parked in the wrong area so i'm like i'm getting the app because cars get towed all the time in montreal because parking there is fucking insane so i'm like okay this is not a big deal because the the towing fees look like they're very very low and i'm like at least if it's in an impound lot i don't have to worry about where it is so i'll go get it later so eventually i realized it wasn't towed oh man Uh Oh, it was stolen. So now I'm like, what the fuck? In my life, I have never had anything like that happen. I've never been really the victim of a theft. I don't think like I can't even really think of anything that's been stolen from me in my life. I'm sure a couple of things have been stolen or whatever, but I can't think of anything like my house was, you know, I was always very lucky in that regard. I'm not trying to jinx myself, but there was one time I went uh, shopping at Giant Eagle and I always park in the same spot. This time I did not. So when I came back, I swore my car was stolen. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Someone stole my car. <laughs> yeah. I just parked over there, though. It wasn't yeah. that big of a deal. <laughs> when your routines just come back to home yeah. a little. But uh, I uh, I had never. So so I guess, like, fate-wise, had stored up all my immunity from being stolen from and had just 
decided to take this brand new Highlander and steal it. So well, what are the odds? Your first trip to Montreal, someone steals your car. <laughs> yeah, they stole the stole the rental car. Yeah, at least it's a rental. So yeah. Canadians are so I had to, Yeah, <laughs> so I had to call the police. I had to do all the things, and uh, I had I went on this whole drama of getting another car because it turned out that the storms that were hitting the U.S. It caused a bunch of flight cancellations, so a lot of people who were flying back to the U.S. couldn't, so they rented one-way rentals, drove into the States, dumped the car, and and basically there were no cars left anywhere in the city of Montreal. (laughs) So it took me days to get, and I had to use a different company and then charge it back to my insurance, so it was like a super complicated thing that still hasn't been hashed out. Um, but that's how you want to spend car. your vacation, though, you know, doing paperwork I, and talking. To, you know what, you know? though? I didn't really let it bother me. I was like, fuck it. I had the insurance. They stole it. I, you know, not my fucking fault. So I was like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. So then up to Quebec City for a few days and then back to Montreal, dropped the car off and then flew back to the States instead of driving since since there were no one-way rentals um, yeah. left in the entire city. And I actually didn't, like I said, I had to use a different rental agency because enterprise has like 75 locations in the city of Montreal or something. And not one had a car at that point. Yeah. The guy had told me flat out. He's like, yeah, the, the city is just like barren. There's nothing here. So how, how so, did uh, enterprise feel about their car being stolen? Or couldn't have cared less. Really? <laughs> I mean, they were very business-like about it. They were like, oh, wow, really? Okay, here's the thing you do. Boom, done. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And yeah, it was all business. When you when you realize that if they have 75 locations in one city alone. Yeah, that's crazy. Cars per location, and then multiply that by all the thousands of locations that they have across North America and probably Mexico and stuff, like, you, you're starting to get into, like, the tens of thousands of cars. So my guess is that they get cars wrecked. They get cars stolen. You know, and they, it's all just factored into insurance, and they just plug it into, you know, the computer and move on. So, Did you ever hear from the police? Like, did they ever find it or anything? Or? Not to my knowledge. I filed a report with the French police, or the, excuse me, the, the uh, police <laughs> up there. I mean, yeah. obviously, everybody speaks French. So, um, with the police, they were very prompt. They were professional. Uh they came in, did their thing, um, filled out a report and all that, but I haven't uh, heard a word about the ultimate fate of the car. I'm sure it was stripped within like a day. And the funny thing was, when I was up in Quebec City, I heard on the news, they're like, yeah, a big car theft ring in Toronto just oh. got busted and 14 people were arrested. And I was like, well, Toronto's not really that close to <laughs> yeah. Montreal, but it isn't that far either. Maybe they were like a wide ranging group of thieves and they got me. Maybe it was right like where they got busted. Maybe it was Nick Cage and that Gone in 60 Seconds crew. Uh, well, you know, Nick Cage stole my car. It would would have yeah. been an even better story, but it was interesting. I never had anything like that happen before, so I had well, I had quite the vacation. So when you weren't getting your car stolen, what kind of stuff were you doing up in Montreal? Uh, basically, I, I knew nothing about the city. I did some research, but I didn't really know anything about it. So I ate a lot of food and went around, saw the sights, and... Um, it's a cool city. It's very high energy. It's very like when you're driving, it's super nerve wracking because A, there's no parking and B, a lot of the streets are super narrow <clears throat> and C, everyone's on fucking bicycles. Yeah. 
So you feel like you're going to commit vehicular manslaughter at like any moment. And that was kind of nerve wracking in comparison. Quebec city was like super chill, super beautiful, yeah. very old. It's like 500 years old at this point. Um, Don't they have like, like castle, like palace type buildings or anything? Oh yeah. yeah. There's like a, this huge palace, like a thing, like a palace that overlooks the whole, the city and it's right on the river. And there's this beautiful, beautiful, like, like it looks, I've been to Paris and it looks more French than France does. Look so, at this Miles Watson. He's been to Paris too. Holy hell. But, uh, yeah, it was more French to me than France. So I was, it, it, it was kind of like, it was clean. It was, it was, it's a nice city. Like the restaurants are awesome. Fountains, you know, I went into like, there were these old shops that I hit up that where they had like all this World War II shit that was like brought back by Canadian soldiers, you know, and like old, it was just cool. Like, like it was very old world, very not, it felt like a really foreign country. Whereas when I was in Vancouver, you know, the currency is different and the accents are a little different. And that's about, that's about it. Like as far as from a guy from a state's perspective, it, it didn't feel, I, I liked Vancouver, but I didn't feel, it didn't feel foreign to me. There's not a huge yeah. cultural difference. You know, the guys were like, Oh, you're from the States. Like, Oh, you know, you've never been to Canada. And I'm, no. And oh, okay, well, here's the beer, you know, <laughs> try our beer is stronger than yours. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> and don't be freaked out by the prices because the Canadian dollar is like 125 per American. So like they were really cool, but it didn't feel foreign. Whereas when you're in when you're in Quebec, you're in a foreign country like big time. So that was cool to me. That that's what I wanted. I wanted to feel like I was not in the states. Like uh, you don't mind just traveling by yourself, going up there. Well, I wasn't somewhere. by myself. I had oh. a lady with me. Oh, hey now he's burying the lead. What the I hell? Did bury I, the lead. I didn't know he had a lady with you. What the hell? Wow. <laughs> to be discreet about these things. All right. Well, good on you. <laughs> I had no idea. Top secret. Um, yeah. And she was even less really is a than country. I was. Since, yeah. since I got it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, the car is still. And she's like, really? There's a great <laughs> breakfast special at the cafe down the street. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's the way we're going to roll on this. We're going to be chill. We're not going to care. We're going to do the thing. Nothing that, is going to ruin our vacation. Well, see, that makes much more sense. That you're, I thought you went solo, you know? It's like, wow. I would. I would go solo. See, I don't I'm think not, I would. I'm, I'm not, like, I'm, I, I think I'm, you're, you're an introverted introvert. Yes. I am an extroverted introvert. All right. So I like solitude. I like, I recharge my batteries when I'm alone, but I do like to get out and about and see other humans and do things. Um, but I can also, (laughs) Tuffy and I are not into that at all, but I also need, like, when I do that, it exhausts me. Like when I got back from this trip, I was gone seven days. Yeah. And when I got back from the trip, I was like, I ain't doing shit. I'm not leaving my house. Like I am, I need that downtime after I, I, I have to recuperate from being super social Almost like somebody who had minor surgery, you know, <laughs> you go home yeah. and like, go home, bed rest, lots of liquids. I took That's a trip about 15 I... years ago and I'm still recovering. Well, there you go. Yeah. Every, everyone's got their own pace. Let's put it that but, way. We're, but all, so, we're all operating. But you had a good time there in Montreal. Everyone had a fun time. I did. It was, it was fun. Um, I saw all the things that I really wanted to see for the most part. And what was the um, best thing actually, you saw in Montreal? In Montreal, the like the sites, hmm, yeah. that's a tough one. 
because Montreal's a little grittier than Quebec City. So, oh, well, what's the best thing ever then on the trip? What was the best thing on the ever? trip? Just the like the old town of Quebec City, like the very mm-hmm. oldest part that was built like 500 years ago, is is amazing. Like the cobblestone streets and these old stone houses, and like there's this palace. It's actually a hotel now that's sort of like on this mountain that overlooks the town. So you see it at all times and it's lit up like a fucking Disney castle. And there's these lighted fountains by the river um, that are really cool. They're like, they have these interior lights and they go up and down and they're, it's like a flat fountain. Like you'll see in Dallas where like in the summer people could just walk through it. Oh, I would like to say this about Montreal. Super hot girls everywhere. That's what I was going to say. That the, the big talk is they have like the best uh, looking the strip clubs and the best women. So. Oh, I, I didn't go in a strip club, but they definitely saw a couple. They're they're certainly not shy about having strip clubs right bang. And you know how like in a lot of areas the strip clubs are in these like remote on the edge of town type places, or they're tucked away in some place where you know it's, it wasn't like that there. It's like you're driving down the street and there's a movie theater, and next to it is a strip club, <laughs> and you're like. That's interesting. Yeah, but the classic. girls were smoking hot. And because the weather in Canada sucks so bad in the winter and the winters are so long and brutal, especially in Montreal, the, half the city is built underground because of the winter. Um, literally, like there's an underground city in Montreal. So I did not know that. Yeah. It's, if you look it up, it's mind blowing. It's like it kind of looks like a big mall and a subway station combined. But basically, the weather is so bad in the winter that everybody goes underground and they can do all their shopping and walking around without going above into the streets where, where you'll die a, a quick death like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. But um, the because the winter is so cold, the girls don't wear anything in the summer. <laughs> Well, that's it's like plus. they don't care. Like if you remember, if you guys are old enough to remember the like early mid two thousands when women wore like low rider jeans and those like crop top things that tied at the neck that didn't have a back. It was yeah. basically like a big handkerchief that tied at the neck and covered their boobs, and that's about it. <laughs> that was largely what I saw, like huh. summer dresses <laughs> and that. And I was like, holy shit. There's a lot of good-looking women here. Let's uh, let's take the show on the road. Let's go to Quebec and Montreal. Yeah, you guys need Bye to relocate the show and go to Montreal and talk about hockey, and you'll be popular. That'd be great. I'm glad you had a good. Hank, would you ever uh, have you ever been to Canada, there, Jank? Uh no, I've been to Mexico, but never Canada. Huh. Yeah, I've never been to either. Uh, Tuffy, you ever north of the border? No, my only international travel is to the uh, Caribbean islands. Wow, look at Tuffy. Because yeah. you, know, you were a drug mule. Yeah, he was a he was a heroin mule for the cartels. Yeah, That's Tuffy was. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, glad you had a good trip. Uh, so, what else has been going on, Miles Watson? We're uh, we're working on some new covers for uh, Cage Life and Knuckle Down. That's true. So be reviving it. Books. We're reviving yeah. the series because I'm re- I'm working on a third book for Cage Life. Um, yeah. I'm forty five thousand words in, and it's been just banging away. Like it's really coming quick, so mm. that's really nice. Um, I'm hoping to have that first draft done within a month or two, a couple of months, um, and then I'll be nagging you to do a third cover because uh, <laughs> I want to I, I want to get it out this year, early next year. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it's been wow. years since I've released a book in that series. And um, my small but fairly loyal, I can't say fan base with a straight face, the people who read <laughs> my book, there are a few. Um, I got my like 10,000th download or sale the other day, which is not nice. making Stephen King nervous, but you know, it's <laughs> something. Um, the, the people like I, I, a woman contacted me and was like, you know, when, when can we expect another book on the, you know, like you get these little feelers when you've been in for a while and you've, you've been putting out as much stuff as I have. So like, I was ready to do another book in that series, but I didn't have a story. And then I finally came up with a story. So I'm revisiting it. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Right, for those, you, those who don't remember, uh, Mickey Watts is like an MMA fighter who falls in with the mob and then all kind of stuff happens. So, yeah. Yeah. Shenanigans, antics. They're basically mob novels. The MMA thing is a uh, kind of it's very like I try to be really, really respectful of of the game because I love MMA. But like they're mob books. That's the hook. But in this book, that's like way in the background. This is more of a straight gangster novel. So um, I don't know, you know, whether that'll be well received or not. But I didn't want to write formula. So not doing formula stuff. One of the things about doing independent books that's cool is that you don't have people breathing down your neck telling you what to do and how to do it. They're, so that's kind of cool. Um, you can just do what you want to do, and then people will like it or they'll <laughs> hate it, and trash it, ignore it. But uh, you have a freedom that you don't have. It's almost like an art house movie versus a $100 million movie. When you make a $100 million movie in Hollywood, everyone's you know, jamming a microscope into your orifices, telling you what to do and, and what you're spending and how to do it. And like, it's a miracle that any of those movies are even remotely good. Most of them suck, but it's so many, so many cooks in that kitchen. But like when somebody makes an art house movie for $3 million, the studios don't give a fuck. They spend that on lunch, you know, for a year. So it's like, they just don't care. So those movies, there's a freedom the directors and the writers and the actors have to those films. So it's kind of like that when you write it. At the level that <laughs> at my level. Well, speaking of art house films, that's a perfect segue <clears throat> to Street Fighter. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely art house. Is it <laughs> exactly I how so. I characterize this film? Now, I heard tell that this was one of the worst movies ever made, but I got to tell you, I've seen way worse. <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah, yeah, it is not. It's yeah. not. Well, it's yeah. not as bad as that. I enjoy. I thought it was fine. Like you. Fine. I didn't have any real issues with it. Uh, Tuffy, I did mean, you play if you the, actually oh. liked Street Fighter the game, like this is just shitting in your mouth every five yeah. seconds. But. See, I never, I never played Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, so. that's. I don't point. know anything about. That's it. That's a very valid point. <laughs> like this is it treating you, treating the fans of the game as like they're complete morons. <laughs> like if you like uh, this it, game, it, sure, it won an down. award for worst video game adaptation of all time. I think, <laughs> I uh, which is saying something because, like, when you consider like Super Mario Brothers and like some of the other shit that was yeah. made, um, that's pretty painful. Like, well, since Jank uh, brought that point up, does this mean that you played Street Fighter, Jank? Were you a big fan of the game? Oh, sure. Like, Street Fighter 2 used to always be at the arcade. We used to go to this uh, countryside, William Tell Holiday Inn in Countryside every once in a while when we were kids, and they had the Ninja Turtles arcade game and Street Fighter 2. So I'd always play those in the pool room when we'd go on, quote-unquote, vacation to this hotel. I mean, I think I played it, like, away. maybe once or twice, but I, I've never, I was never a fan. I don't know the characters or, like, the backstories. 
I recognized them. You know what I had for PlayStation back in the day was uh, X Men versus Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, that was a game. Capcom, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, Street Fighter came out in '87, and then '91 is when Street Fighter Two came out, and I guess that was the big one because that like really revolutionized things. Like it had individual characters with individual move sets and everything, and uh, so that kind of influenced everything that followed in terms of fighting games. But uh, the the series has made like twelve billion dollars, so it's kind of popular. That's Street Fighter. Uh, Tuffy, Tuffy, did you play the Street Fighter? Oh no, Tuffy, we lost Tuffy. Uh-oh. Uh oh, he's too overwhelmed with his love for E Honda. <laughs> no, he heard he heard me talking about writing, and he was like, "Fucking <laughs> well, we lost Tuffy." Well, we'll check in with Tuffy again. Um, but, uh, Jank, so, oh yeah, Tuffy just dropped off. We've been having issues with Skypes. Uh-oh. So he'll probably yeah, talk. Yeah, coming back. Tuffy! <laughs> Hello? There he is. Hey, there he is. Tuffy. Yeah, hey. I had a phone call that I declined, oh, which wow. apparently fucked up Skype on me. Right. Was it, what yeah. if it was a very important phone call? You know? Uh, it was my mom. She left a voicemail. I'll listen to it <laughs> after the show. Sends his mom to voicemail. Uh, Tuffy, did you play Street Fighter when you were a lad? Uh, yeah, I had a cousin who had a Sega Genesis, so we played on that. Did you have a favorite character? Uh, nope. Yeah. Jank, did you have someone <laughs> you used all the time? Uh, I feel like early on I would always pick Blanca just because he looks so cool. Yeah. Um, but then, so, for like, those who I don't know what Blanca is, I like. He's kind of like a monster. Yeah, he's like a green guy. Yeah, he's kind of monstery. He's got big, you know, troll doll hair, like orange hair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Got like, you know, fangs and kind of claws and stuff like that guy that, you know, Miles was talking about that got arrested. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But yeah, he was always cool. But then I think I liked Dalsim probably actually when when I got the game for like, you know, PlayStation. He was probably my favorite Street Fighter guy to play as because of those big stretchy arms. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, He was like the Indian fella, like bald, yeah. and he had really stretchy arms and legs, and he could, like, spit fire. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I remember the guy with the long arms. Yep. He could punch you across the screen and stuff. Uh, yeah. Miles Watson, were you a uh, Street Fighter fan? I wasn't a Street Fighter fan. I played Double Dragon, which I think was kind oh, of yeah. knockoff. That was a B8. Um, <clears throat> Street Fighter was not was actually great. at the arcade that we we invaded uh, constantly when I was in um, high school. Uh, we had, there was this one particular arcade that me and my friend Matt and his brother Dave would hit up on a pretty regular basis. And it had a uh, double dragon. It didn't have street fighters. So I kind of got into that. Um, I mean, I mean, it's not like I didn't know what it was, but I just yeah. didn't really have access to it. Yeah, I was never, uh, I, I probably, Mortal Kombat was more my style than the, I played that a ton for a little bit. If I had there. to pick one, I'd pick Mortal Kombat for sure. Well, what are the other big fighting games? Uh, uh, Virtua Fighter, I remember that was a thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, Tekken, yeah. I like Soul Calibers, those are great. Oh, see, I never did any of those. It was like an yeah. X-Men versus Capcom or something like that. Yeah, Jank mentioned yeah. that. Capcom made a bunch yeah. of those, those are great. Yeah, yeah, those are pretty I mean, good. When did Mortal Kombat come out in the arcade? Yeah, I could Google this up. I don't know. <clears throat> Street Fighter um, was I first, right? I played that. On, I played Mortal Kombat three relentlessly on Sega. Was it Genesis? Is that the one with the cartridges? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Mortal Kombat 3 was my absolute jam. Like in college, we had endless tournaments. We had the one-button fatality cheat codes. We had yeah, I was Mortal Kombat 2. Smoke. And you could, like, uh, turn people into babies. And I did oh, that all the time. Babalities, yeah, animalities. <laughs> it was babalities, animalities, they would just be some fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, when when we when we discovered so I went down. I'm dating myself hardcore here, but I went down to this place that sold uh, LPs, CDs, used video games, all systems, magazines, all kinds of stuff. And I found a magazine dedicated to Mortal Kombat Three. I brought it back, and it had the cheat codes for the unlockable characters like Smoke. Yeah, and it yeah. also had the the one button cheat code. Or fatalities, babalities, animalities, all that shit. So, like, we would have these tournaments. Guys would be throwing controllers, yelling and screaming, <laughs> threatening each other, having fits. Um, it was insane. We still talk. That was more years ago than I care to remember, and we still talk about it. We still talk shit about it. Um, but that was a good time. Yeah, MK3 was my absolute jam. I loved that game. Uh, the first Mortal Kombat. MK3. Like had, I think it was basically all the characters from all the games were in it. Like it was basically just a c- compilation of all three games so, uh, to date. The uh, first Mortal Kombat was 1992. So okay, one year after. I Street saw, Fighter. yeah, I saw Mortal Kombat two. Uh, I played it, but I it was just visiting a friend of mine's house, so like I didn't. I, I, it wasn't. It didn't like you know. It wasn't a thing for me. I, I the, when uh, we, when three was the thing. At the deck hockey rink where I played, um, they there's a Mortal Kombat 2 arcade in the uh, office, and they figured out they took off the back of it, and we figured a way you could just push a little button and you kept getting free credits. So we played a ton of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you have one of those, uh, one of those like gimmicks, and then, yeah, and then mm-hmm. eventually somebody back in the old days there was always that dragon guy that guarded the arcade who hated kids you know <laughs> he was like the manager we used to taunt the guy um sometimes like we'd taunt him because we we would scream one quarter when we played for like half an hour <laughs> <laughs> one quarter and he would just glare at us uh, take his money out of his wallet so to speak. I, he actually banned this one kid, my, a friend of my friend Matt's. I didn't know him, but he banned this one kid from playing one of those fighting games because he was so fucking good at it. It might have even been Street Fighter or Tekken was one of those. And he he wouldn't let him play it anymore because the guy could actually finish. The, like he could play the game till he finished it, whatever it was. And that dude did not like that. This here uh, Street Fighter movie came out in 1994. The budget was thirty five million. And it actually made money. Uh, the box office was ninety nine point four million. So this was quite the hit. Or uh, pretty hard to believe, but yeah, it, it made it, made dumb. It was written and directed by a fellow named Stephen E. De Souza. Miles, are you familiar with this fellow? Uh, I know the name. He yeah yeah the name is known because he had a pretty impressive career. Like this was really mm-hmm. the only movie he directed. But in terms of uh, mm-hmm. writing films. All right, get a load of some of these. 48 Hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Commando. The Running Man. Uh, a little movie called Die Hard. Did you ever hear of that? Jeez, yes. I didn't know he adapted that. Huh. Die Hard 2. 
Hudson Hawk. Ouch. That hurts. Big <laughs> There's the, the down starts. The Flintstones. <laughs> Beverly oh, yeah. Hills Pop 3. <laughs> then he did Ooh, Street no. Then he did Judge Dredd, Jank. He wrote the Judge Dredd movie. Yeah, not the good one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the 90s, he must have hit the cocaine really hard. <laughs> Sounds like. 2003, Laura Croft, uh, Croft Tomb, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Was that the first one? With, uh, yeah, it's probably the sequel. Yeah. Oh, the first okay. one was just Tomb Raider. And uh, Blast, I never heard of in 2004. But yeah, and then television-wise, he he wrote for uh, Six Million Dollar Man, uh, The Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, The Bionic Woman, Knight Rider V. He wrote the uh, V series. How about that? Tales from the Crypt. And this guy's had quite the career. But uh, yeah. this was maybe not his best work. I don't know. But yeah, Street Fighter. No. Like, if this so, had had more of a diehard tone, like, it would have been good. But instead, I don't know what yeah. this was. This was like a trauma movie, except less crude. Yeah, Jack, so I, I, I did read that he he banged the script out in, like, a day or two because he'd always wanted to make the movie, and I guess he was told executives were in town, so he, like, sat down and just, like, slammed out a script. Um I, I don't know if that's true, but that's that's what I read. And keeping in mind that, the, you know, as much as I love Commando and it is a fucking awesome film to watch, the mm-hmm. dialogue in it is not always <laughs> yeah. the best. I mean, it has some of the greatest one liners in, in, you know, action movie history, but uh, this, some of the other. He tried to recapture some of that here with like Van Damme. He would have these little quips after he killed somebody or something. But well, and that's something yeah. you got to remember. Most of the time I can understand. When Schwarzenegger does dialogue <laughs> like a one liner. It's it's not like I'll be back is not famous because of any reason other than Schwarzenegger uttered it. Yeah. No one else uttering that line, that line would have been forgotten instantly. It's just three words. It's like it is what it is. But him going, I'll be back. That's like a completely different thing. So you got to remember that not to take anything away from the guy, but like it's very different to hear Von Damme utter words than it is like Schwarzenegger or Bruce Willis for that man. Yeah. The star of this film is, of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And uh, I was reading on the IMDb page that this was right at the height of his cocaine usage, and that uh, he was spending <laughs> Stephen D'Souza apparently ten thousand dollars a week on cocaine, <laughs> and and they said he was like a wreck to work with on this uh, shoot. Like he would just stay in his trailer a long time and just come out when he felt like it, and he just he was a real pain in the ass to work with the whole time. But uh, the that final scene where they it turns out he's alive, everyone was actually disappointed. They're like, "Oh man, this would have been better if he just wrote this guy out." <laughs> the budget for the film was thirty-five million. Eight million of it went to Van Damme's salary, so he took eight million of the budget. That's uh, quite the payday for Jean Claude. More money to Raul Julia. He was the only good one in this movie. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Raul Julia plays Bison, and he was—he's uh, the big. Uh, well, in, in this movie, he's like a cartel. Uh, Leader and a, uh, a dictator. He's a warlord. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Tuffy. Yeah. But uh, this was sadly his last movie role. He 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 had stomach cancer while he was filming this, and uh, he died a couple months after filming Wrapped. So that's sad. But, uh, yeah, he was a yeah. terrific actor. Yeah. People, uh, he was Gomez Adams, right, in the Adams Family movies. Yeah. Sure was. But I guess he said that he 
he did the movie because his kids liked the video game and he wanted to do something, you know, the family there and everything. So everyone said working with Raul. He seemed to be the only one who got the tone correct. Like he was just being weird and it was working. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Colonel William F. Guile. Now, Jank in the video games, he's the the white dude with the big uh, tall hair, right? Yeah, big flat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But I think he's like Sonic Booms. He's a captain from the Air Force. And then in here, he's a colonel from the Army. So that probably upset the Street Fighter nerds, too, you know, while you change things like that. (laughs) Nothing like getting like a Dutch guy to be your big American strapping (laughs) hero. (laughs) He's not necessarily American. He's from the Allied Nations Army. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, but he has an American yeah. flag tattoo well, on his arm, definitely though. supposed to be. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other uh, big star in this is probably Ming-Nai Wen. Uh, she plays yeah. Chun-Li Zhang. I know her as May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, uh, yeah, she's pretty good. That's and, basically what I would do. Yeah. And now There's in the... No, uh, name lana lang from smallville who played her in like the chun lee movie they made later on that oh, i, I think was direct to video yeah i was gonna say i didn't know there was a chun lee movie made but uh yeah chun lee <laughs> yeah. she uh she came in into mortal kombat in uh number two because the first mortal kombat video game it was just like ken and ryu right they were the only two yeah you know? i think it was more like a side scroller kind of like double dragon but it became a fighting game with number two i believe but, uh, Jank, since you know this video game, like, did they have character backstories and everything? Because the whole premise of the, the, like, Street Fighter 2 was just there's a big fighting tournament, and they saw who won, right? That's yep. all it was. Yeah, I like, think, I, I don't remember exactly what happens at the end. I'm assuming there was a boss. I'm assuming Bison was the boss, still. Yeah. That is the case in most of these fighting games, but, um... Yeah, they're really, I'm sure in the booklet, like, if you bought the game, I'm sure the booklet had backstories, or they're, you know... They were somewhere on the disc, but, but they weren't a huge part of it generally. But Usually I'm going to fighting games when you beat it, like you beat the story mode with a certain character, and it'll give you an ending for that character. So there is some story, but yeah, it's kind of haphazard. But I'm going to guess Chun Li was a news reporter. Yeah, definitely not. That was, <laughs> that was not part of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The movie probably wouldn't be better if they just forgot all the political civil war kind of stuff going on in this small country between <laughs> Bison and. Uh, and they, it was just a fighting tournament, you know. That'd probably yeah, that's that. the thing. They kind of dropped that whole thing. Like that's that's what people came to see, and they're just like, nope, we're yeah. not going to give that to you. Uh, so some other characters that uh, Kenneth Ken Masters, uh, he's played by Damian Chapa. He's very good. Oh, hey, uh, Lieutenant Cammy White is played by Kylie Minogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> super foxy Kylie Minogue, but um. She doesn't exactly seem like a tough military fighter lady, you know. <laughs> yeah, so much. She's no. <laughs> wee tiny, uh, and the reason why she was uh, miscast was I guess this movie was shot in Australia, so the Australian Actors Guild kind of demanded that they cast an Australian actor, and uh, all the other parts had been filled. Cameo was the only one left, so uh, the, the guy hired Kylie Minogue, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Studi is in the film too. I don't know who that is. Awesome Mohican Heat. He's Native American, so he he has a very distinctive look. He was in Heat. He was one of the he was the cop right underneath Al Pacino. Um, oh. 
Oh. And last he, of the Mohicans, he was the bad guy, Magua. He plays he Victor in, Sagat. Yeah. No, uh, the movie Geronimo, too. He played Geronimo. Now, uh, Jake, I thought, who, whose arms stretch? Not Sagat, it's... That's Dawson. Dawson. Uh, Dawson is like, in this movie, he's the scientist guy who's creating Blanca. Okay. And he never does really stretch, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, they kind of wasted in, that uh, character. In the video game, he's a fire-breathing yoga master from India. <laughs> so, yeah. what is Sagat's deal in the video game? Uh, he's a Muay Thai it. kickboxer from Thailand and former world warrior champion from the original Street Fighter. Oh, okay. Yeah. He kind of sucks. He didn't have any good moves. It was all <laughs> just grounded. Like, I don't, I don't come to these games for that. Give me a guy who breathes fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kali Minogue and then, uh, someone named Byron Mann plays, uh, Ryuchu Ryu Hoshi. And, uh, he's always the guy in like, is like the main character of, yeah. of the Street Fighter games. He's very much a side character here. Yeah, he's like, he's the guy in the white gi. And then Ken usually wears yeah. the red one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in the uh, in the video game, Chun Li was not a uh, news reporter. She was a martial artist who works as an Interpol officer. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Who entered the tournament to prove that she can defeat any man who challenges her? Yeah. See, she was the first woman ever put in a fighting game. Chun Li. So it's an impressive thing. But, uh, yeah, and here she, she has some backstory where, like, Bison killed her dad or whatever. Like, that that is, was the, is that true? That is the video game character backstory. Her goal now is uh, being led to the tournament by seeking to avenge her deceased father by holding the Grand Master's leader of the crime syndicate responsible. Yeah, that was the quote Jack did Bison. at the top of the show. Like, uh, she's talking to Raul Julia, and she's like, hey, you know, yeah, I'm coming to kill you or whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, that was a big, important day in your life, but uh, it was just Tuesday for me. Hey, that know? was Tuesday. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Also, uh, there's a boxer in this. Uh, Grand L. Bush uh, plays Gerald Balrog. B-A-L-R-O-G. Yep. Yeah. Now, haircut. Hey, hey, Miles Watson, you'll be interested in this. Uh, they based this character on Mike Tyson, you know. And originally, this guy was called M. Bison. Like, it, but they Ooh. thought they'd get sued, so they switched up the names. So they took, uh, <laughs> so the Raul Julia character of Bison was originally, I don't know if he was Balrog or whatever, but they made him Bison. So to, so they wouldn't get sued for calling the boxer M. Bison. He was originally okay. Vega. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, and then Vega became. Oh, I want to switch names. Yeah, there's a three, like, musical chairs with Chuck names. Lee was originally Ken. Although I did read that uh, Chun Li, you know, she was the first uh, female uh, fighter in these games, and uh, in the first few video games, her thighs kept getting bigger and bigger. And uh, they they (laughs) said the guy who created her had a fetish for big thighs, (laughs) big meaty women slapping meat. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) that's something. Um, And then you mentioned Blanca. He's uh, played by Robert Mamone, uh, whoever, and uh, Carlos yeah. Charlie Blanca. He gets uh, evolved into a monster. Now it seemed a little weird. Like, is uh, is Jean Claude Van Damme in this movie? Is he in love with uh, Blanca? Like, it was a little weird, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. 
<laughs> very close. <laughs> like they're going, to invade, situation. <laughs> they're going to invade like the uh, big compound there at the end of the movie. And he puts in a cassette of things that you're fighting for. And yeah, there's a lady sitting at the table and you think, oh, he's remembering his lady back home. No, he, he pans over to Charlie. <laughs> he's fighting for Charlie. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? But anyway, uh, are there any? Oh, uh, Edmund Charlie was a character in the games uh, on his own, so I don't think he becomes Blanca unless that's part of oh. some backstory. But oh, see, I didn't know Charlie was yeah, a he character was, in the game. Character. Yeah, Blanca and Charlie are not the same uh, character. Charlie is just uh, Guile's friend who was killed by M. Bison. Blanca was uh, a beast-like mutant from Brazil raised in the jungle. Huh. Yeah, something. And then uh, Edmund Honda is a, a uh, sumo wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, he might have been my favorite of the game because he had the big hand slap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he wore a diaper. What more could you want? <laughs> and we mentioned Vega, Sagat, and uh, Dalsum. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Vega was right? always cool. I love. Oh, oh, Zangief. We got Zangief. Yeah. The big uh, Russian. Uh, I'm guessing he's Russian or something like that, right? Yeah, he didn't even know Bison was a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's pretty funny. <laughs> he's like, change the channel that one time. That was good. Uh, wh- what about this DJ fellow? Was he in the video games? I don't uh, think yeah. so. I think so. Uh, I think I remember him being there. Oh, all right. Um, I don't remember which game, but. Okay. Don't remember any of these people. Um, Miles Watson. Any other thoughts on the cast of Street Fighter? Uh, he made his first appearance in 1993. Super Street Fighter 2 was one of the four new characters. Oh, He's a Jamaican kickboxer and karateka, as well as a recording artist and breakdancer. <laughs> That's a good combination. <laughs> I will say that uh, I. In retrospect, it does seem kind of amazing that Von Dom was was because uh, when I think of when I think about Von Dom and Seagal and stuff, I I always like I always think of that Simpsons show where Bart breaks it down and he's like action heroes, you know, like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, and to a lesser extent, you know, the Seagals and Von Doms, <laughs> like the, the the B the B team of the action stars in the eighties, you know, and then you had like the C team, like Dolph Lundgren coming up, you know, and like trying to get in on the tail end of that, and um, I it it surprises me and just to think of Von Dom at the head of a movie that cost that much money because that I mean if you go back in time and adjust that, that's a lot of money, yeah. and it like, did pretty well, a yeah. lot of money and i never thought i mean he was famous but i never thought of von damme as star you know like massive star um or anything like that that's yeah that's surprising in retrospect but hey uh while he was doing that ten thousand dollars with the coke a week he also had an affair with kylie minogue on the set of the movie did he? <laughs> so look at him getting it done. What a life he's leading. Impressed by that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Just hey, can't get him out of bed. I was going to say, do you remember that video? Holy hell. When that came out. Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> what, locomotion? <laughs> I can't get you out of my head. Remember she was wearing that little silver dress thing? And... No, yeah. I don't remember that. I'm going to have to look that up. What? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to yeah. Google that immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go check out Spinning Around also. Yeah, she's something. 
All right. So I think those are all the uh, important players here. I remember the song. All right, let me see this. Yeah. Oh, we'll get Miles' live reaction to you. Can't get you out of my head. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember having the in, the in the 90s. She was Judy. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Malton gave the film his lowest rating, writing that even John claude Van Damme fans can't rationalize this bomb. <laughs> Come on, Leonard Malton. <laughs> Leonard I would agree with that, yeah. I think what he was creep. on the right track. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is just like, it didn't. It didn't feel like it tried at all. <laughs> I think. Well, I think if like if you don't know anything about the video game and you saw it, I think you'd feel differently about it. You know, like you know what it's supposed to be, so you're like, "What well, this?" Is I think you need to have the most passing knowledge of the video game, but not a high level knowledge. That yeah. is right in the wheelhouse. Yeah, like yeah, I have even no. Then, emotional... I don't think I would appreciate the tone of this. Like it was just a a farce, but not even that funny. Like it was trying to be like, oh my god, nothing in, in this movie is serious, but it wasn't actually that funny. So it's just like, why am I watching this? <laughs> There's a couple good bits. It'd be like watching Spy Hard, except if there were no laughs. Like, <laughs> what's the point? Oh, oh, Miles, was that damn because you saw uh, Kylie Minogue in the dress? <laughs> uh, both. Yeah, she's cute. <laughs> She's as cute. I don't. It's funny. I oh, there you go. She's hip yeah. shaking now. Yes. Yeah. I think that dress, like, is it one of those dresses where you forgot key parts of it? But that's, yeah, it's kind of like, kind of like hanging on her with open sides and everything. And yeah, open front, open sides, <laughs> lots of open things. Can't the the weird things that the dancers are wearing? They're wearing like red cellophane on their heads. Not that's not really working for me, but. Hey, again, I don't really have to look at them, do I? This could be a good idea nice for a, uh, a, a new YouTube show, Janka. Miles reacting to videos. We could yeah. Ooh. yeah, I'd watch that. She's got big <laughs> teeth, but she has really nice legs, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> her really nice her tooth-to-leg ratio is pretty quality. <laughs> it's appropriate. Yeah, whatever, it works. So, all right, um... Where does this movie begin? Tuffy, you, do you remember where we begin here with this? I have no idea. <laughs> Usually you're the guy that has it all documented, so we're really in trouble. If you that's the thing. Like, the plot was very meandering. It's just like, I don't know. All right. Like, <laughs> all right, here's what we'll do. I'll summarize the plot real quick, and then we'll just talk about key moments from the film, because I'm sure there's millions of them. But basically, Raul Julia is this dictator warlord guy. He's trying to take over a country, and he ha- takes he's taking a bunch of people hostage, and he wants $20 billion in ransom. So uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and the, uh, what are they, Tuffy, the United Army or the UA or? Uh, yeah, uh, Allied oh. Nations. Oh, Allied, Na- A-N, I don't know, whatever it is. But uh, he's like their commander and he's coming in to try and rescue the hostages. And uh, Chun-Li, and uh, she's a news reporter. Honda and the boxer guy, they're like yeah. uh, her, her crew, the cameraman and the sound guy or whatever. And uh, Ryu and Ken are basically con men trying to... Uh, yeah, there's a couple of hustlers. Yeah. Trying to sell bogus weapons to Bison. Yeah. yeah. Or no, they're selling small guns or nerf guns to the, the enemy. Yeah, like what is Saget's relationship to Bison? Is he like a, a lieutenant? I think or? he's just an arms supplier. Okay. Yeah, so they were trying to sell guns to Saget, but he caught them. And then uh, there's a big fight. And then John Claude Van Damme arrests everybody, and 
Besides Ken and Ryu are going to go undercover because you can tell they're not bad guys. Yeah. They they fake kill him. Yeah, they it's shoot him dread. up. Yeah. They're escaping prison. The only way they get out of there is over his dead body. So, yeah, they pretend they shoot him. And they're like, oh, everyone's dead. And Saget says, oh, these guys killed that guy. Fellow. All right, you're in with us now. So they infiltrate Saget's operation, and that gets them into the Bison group and everything. And I don't know. Yep. And then there's uh, the Allied Nations decide they don't want to send the army. They want to negotiate. But then uh, Guile just kind of takes his super secret top boat thing and goes in anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They said you can go home. Or we can take the fight to Bison. Or you can go home. He's saying that over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> and John uh, Claude Van to stand down. I would, but I just got fired. One of the hostages <laughs> is his good buddy Charlie. You know who he's swimming yeah. over. He's pining to see Charlie again, so uh, he, he needs to get in there and rescue Charlie. But Charlie is being turned into Blanca. Yeah, but, Bison's uh, trying to make the, the super soldier. Yeah, Captain America. But he's trying to make him into a, a murderous uh, psychopath. They're, they're doing the old Clockwork Orange thing where they're making him watch all these terrible films yep. and everything. Yeah. And uh, but the the scientist guy, that Dalsam fella or whatever his name is, he reprograms it to show him like what. Uh, Kids movies or something? <laughs> not, yeah, not just like a little baby smiling and giggling. <laughs> Martin Luther and, King. Uh, yeah. Martin yeah. Luther King. Flowers in a field, that kind of thing. Flea market <laughs> fantasy videos. That Kylie Minogue video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so Blanca, he, he comes out looking like a monster, but he still has a soul. You know, he still has a soul. And then uh, there's a big fight. What does Kylie Minogue do in this movie exactly? <laughs> uh, she tells the colonel when everything's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, she has pigtails. I know that. Yeah, yeah. And Only taking cracks at her. So, hey, how, how about the uh, Ming Na Wen there when she was uh, dressed up and they were doing that little performance and she was uh, that magic trick, you know, and she was dressed in that little mm-hmm. outfit. Pretty good. Yeah. Good old May. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know she was on ER. Did you know she was on ER? I had no oh. idea. Because in the yeah, trivia, when this movie came yeah, out. Like the later season? No, because, like, why? Well, I don't know. When was ER on? Because right when this movie came out, she was on ER. Early 90s? Yeah. Yeah. So she uh, apparently told George Clooney, she's like, it's going to kill my career. It's so bad. It's going to kill my career. <laughs> and George Clooney said, quote, honey, don't worry about it. You got to do a lot more than that to kill a career. I know. <laughs> I was in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> he was in so many terrible things. He I was hadn't even been in Batman yet. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's something. But, uh, yeah, so there's a big fight. Jean-Claude Van Damme really doesn't do a lot of fighting until, like, the very end of the movie. He starts yeah. Fighting. yeah. That was kind of weird. You know, that was That's probably because he was high on cocaine who, the whole time. Yeah. Well, that and you, you, you cast a guy who's not, you know, known for his acting chops that he brings to the table is, you know, his fight faking skills. And like, then you don't let him fake fights for most of the movie. I did read when I was boning up for this. I yeah, did boning. read that. Um, well, I'm watching Kylie Minogue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, that the, 
because Raul Julio was so sick, um, when they when they put this movie together, they had to redo the entire um, the way they choreographed and rehearsed. They had to redo everything, the schedule wise, because he physically wasn't up for it. Um, and for whatever reason, that actually affected the entire choreography of the uh, of the film to the point where they were actually rehearsing just hours before the fight scenes. So yeah. that could possibly explain why this film doesn't, even though it's like a martial arts movie, doesn't seem to have that kind of like feel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, to it. And I, I guess the fight scenes too. Yeah, if you would have done like a tournament, then they would have had a lot more fights, and it wouldn't have had to all be on Raul Julia. They could have been fighting the, the lesser guys the whole time. Good and point. They yeah. uh, they also had to redo the shooting because they were behind schedule and stuff. So they divided up the shots. Like he had a guy in charge of the fight scenes, and they would fight, film some of those separate, and then they would do the dialogue stuff. And then when he, I guess, got together with the fight coordinator guy they realized they weren't doing any of the moves from the video games. And he's like, no, you got to do like their signature moves. So it caused like a big fight. I need a Hadouken. Yeah. Cause like, uh, he does do that. The Hadouken, like where he pushes his hands forward or whatever. It goes, ah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Ryu does do that. Um, at least a movement. There's no, like a ball of energy or anything. Yeah. Um, and Honda yeah, does his same. fists, uh, his slap thing. Yeah. One of his fights. Uh, so that's something. Uh, there's something else about the fighting I was going to uh, mention here, and now I can't remember, but uh, I'm sure it was awesome. <laughs> um, right? Remember, even like, uh, remember when like Chun Li is in there with M Bison, and they're doing, they're having their whole big scene and everything, and she's finally starts to fight him, and then it lasts maybe like 30 seconds, and then it just gets interrupted, and it's like all over. It's yeah. like it's so dumb. But I, I liked Raul Julia trying to uh, seduce her while uh, she's getting ready to fight him. He's like putting on the music and drinking the, the booze and stuff. You know? I think he had he like a painting of like John Wayne Gacy in his apartment. He did, yeah. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. an interesting choice. Yeah. There's something else, though, about the filming. Oh, I know what it was. So they were behind schedule. So this uh, Stephen De La Souza fella. He's like, uh, he heard that John Ford back in the day, he would just rip a page out of the script at random and just, uh, he sort of, you know, make the shooting schedule a little easier. So he tried that trick. Uh, but then at the end, when they were done, he realized, oh shit, none of this makes sense. So they had to go back and refilm some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It still doesn't make that much sense. No. As shortcuts go, that, that's not one I'd recommend. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good one. <laughs> Especially since he wrote it too. You think he would be, you know, more. Protective of the script, but yeah, I guess he. Didn't yeah, that's know. like when you when you try to imitate some bullshit myth that didn't exist in the first place, and <laughs> I'm thinking that, that it's going to make you cool. Uh, so the big fight at the end, Raul Julia versus Jean Claude Van Damme. Raul Julia is like floating around and flying at him with his fists and whatnot, and uh, that was pretty good. And then uh, his Jean Claude kicks him into uh, kick him into like a computer or something, and is that what does it? And everything starts blowing up. Or? <laughs> Yeah, everything just started blowing up. I don't know. Yeah, Probably. he dies, but his uh, his uniform has like life saving powers, so that gives him electricity abilities, like the Emperor and Star Wars. Oh. oh, there you go. Yeah. 
And uh, at the very end, I guess, uh, they, they win. The good guys win, of course. And uh, it seems like Jean-Claude Van Damme is going to go after Chun-Li, you know, instead of Cammy. So. <laughs> yeah, at least on screen. Yeah. Real life. Yeah. She says, now can I interview you? And he's like, if you wear that dress. He's a smoothie, that Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then uh, as the, the ending he's credits, <laughs> he's over Charlie. The the ending credits, uh, yeah, Blanca and his scientists go off on their own, you know, because uh, yeah, scientist scientist like I gotta make up for what I did. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of him. Don't worry. Yeah, because Van Damme was gonna shoot him in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What the hell? It's your, it's your best buddy slash lover, probably. Here's uh, gonna shoot him in the head. I mean, and he's a green monster now. You gotta put him down. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, no one will ever want that. <laughs> so uh, at, at the end, though, over the closing credit uh, there, they all do their little pose, their celebration pose. And it's what they do in the video game, I guess. Did you like that, Jack? Yeah. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, again, I have no knowledge of the video game or the characters. Like, so I didn't, I wasn't offended by any of this. I thought it was perfectly fine for a, a not so great movie. Um, you know, anyway. I don't know. Even, even without it being based on a video game, it was like, it was very spurious on who these characters were. I mean, none of them much, get much of a backstory except maybe Chun Li. Um, so you don't really know much about them, and half the reasons for being there are kind of confusing. Like Ryu and Ken, I never really got the exact gist of what they were doing and why all of a sudden they're like went from being con oh. men to like caring so much. Because they um, saw because uh, John Claude Van Damme took him into the hospital and, and showed him the videos of the people in the the country who are suffering because of the the stuff that yeah. they were doing trading weapons. This so well, they had yeah you know, they got uh, they got rounded up when John Claude Van Damme busted the illegal fighting ring. Yeah. And then uh, he could tell that, oh, these aren't bad guys, so I can I can flip them, make some use out of them. Yeah. And by the way, Ken, he wasn't going to turn. He was still a creep there at the end. Ryu was the one who was going to join the good guys, and they split up. But then when Ken saw that Ryu was in trouble, then he turned good, uh, finally. Yeah. Back There's a lot of a homosexual subtext in this film. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Not yeah. enough between Chun-Li and Tammy. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so That's I don't like know. Tuffy's for that clean movie. Not enough gay <laughs> not stuff. Not enough gay stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Miles, that was Tuffy's review of the clean movie. Not enough gay stuff. Yeah, he really. Like, uh, Miles, any other thoughts on Street Fighter? Uh, just I'd kind of forgotten that it existed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not exactly a movie with the great, what you would call great resonance. Uh, even as like a bad movie, like there are certain movies like The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, that have like a kind of legendary, you know, epic bad stuff. Or a movie like, um, what's, you know, some of the other Von Damme films like Bloodsport or uh, Kickboxer that are kind of like, they're not the greatest movies on earth by any fucking means, but they're fun to watch. This is more like, it's not terrible enough in my mind to be iconically bad and it's not good enough to be enjoyable <laughs> i i don't know again my my perceptions are warped from uh three years of how long, however long we've been watching these terrible movies 
<laughs> yeah. Something like this comes along. I'm like, oh, this is like the third man. This is great. I don't know. I didn't mean to touch it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, well. uh, like, uh, Jank, did you ever watch the Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. I still enjoy the hell out of that one. See, I've it's never goofy. seen that either. It's got its weird moments, but it's it does a much better job of sticking to the storyline, I would say, at least. And there's some weird jokes and stuff, but it, it kind of works. Unlike this movie, where they're just, like, randomly, let's have, like, like weird Godzilla noises when Zangief and uh, E. Honda are fighting in a little town. <laughs> I, I heard at some point they had a Goofy yell, like Goofy from Disney, you know, Goofy, like, his yell is in this movie somewhere. Yeah, I don't know where, but um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That like, could this be like, like when they're uh, throwing the hostages in the pit, maybe. Possibly, yeah. I don't know, but uh, so what about uh, you said there's a Double Dragon movie as well? Yeah, yeah, that came out in uh, I think later '90s, but yeah, I hear that's that, pretty bad. Sure. I think uh, one of the kids from Party of Five is in there. He's <laughs> one of the dragons. <laughs> that's always a bad sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, Miles, yeah, your beloved Double Dragon's got a movie. You might want to check that out. You know, I don't, I don't think I even knew that. <laughs> um, I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew that they ever made a Double Dragon movie. Well, what um, would be, what would be the best video game adaptation, Jank? Of, uh, I mean, um. That would have been you know, a good idea one, for Top 11. Not that long ago that was actually good, and it seemed like it broke in the curse, but I don't even remember what that was now. Because most of them I've seen are bad. Assassin's Creed, that was bad. Mario, bad. I mean, Tomb Mortal Raiders. Kombat is probably my favorite. Yeah. I never saw the old ones. I saw the new one with, like, Alicia Vikander. That one oh, was no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, you got to see the original <laughs> with Angelina Jolie walking around in yeah. that little. Yeah. That's where it was. The Resident Evil, they're not good. Silent Hills no. aren't good. Yeah, I'm looking up the uh, 50 video game movies ranked by their tomato meter. Oh, there you go. It is not not a lot of positive reviews. (laughs) I mean, people, I guess, seem to like that new Super Mario Brothers cartoon movie that came out this year. Yeah, number one is something called Werewolves Within. I don't even know what that is. No. The number two movie is The Angry Birds Movie 2. (laughs) Angry Birds Movie (laughs) 2. I'm Dickens. I, Sonic the Hedgehog has two movies in the top five. That is not promising. <laughs> that, that's, that's disastrous. I don't even. How do you even like? Wow. When James Marsters is in your top five, yikes. <laughs> yeah, the new Tomb Raiders number eight. Hmm. Uh, Rampage with the Rock is number nine. <laughs> wow. Fifty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that movie's terrible too. Rock. <laughs> I used to like that game though. Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, I guess there aren't a lot of good video game movies. I guess the thing is, is it's kind of like that. One of the biggest problems they have doing video game adaptations is that it's the it's the it's the Hollywood problem writ large, where they feel like they have to change the thing. Yeah, that made all the people enjoy the thing in the first place. Like, they can't just do it. Like, Resident Evil is a classic example. Like, I watched one of the Resident Evil films, and I'm a big Resident classic Resident Evil fan. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it, and I was like, okay, the imagery is right. Like, they have the nemesis. They have, like, all these, these characters are, like, exactly reproduced from what I remember. 
but the storyline is totally bastardized. The characters are fucked up, and it's like, why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you We're feel gonna... the need to fundamentally alter something that you have a built-in fan base? All you, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like a lob. It's a layup. It's like I'm giving you the ball. Open your glove. Fucking take the ball. And they don't do it. They're like, no, I have to add my own vision. Yeah. Yep. I know better than the 25 million fucking people that play this game and know the lore. We're just going to rewrite it. Didn't they do like a World of Warcraft movie or some shit? Yeah. 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 You know what I'm talking about, right? Like it was this, they they were trying to make, like, they were like, there's a million built in, you know, the Hollywood logic is we have a built in audience. Well, it's like, no, you don't have a built in audience. You have a built-in potential audience if you actually show some fucking respect for the source material. But, like, mm-hmm. you can't just pretend. Like, you can't just make this shit up and slap a label on it. But they have so little respect for the fans and the material. I guess The Witcher, like, not to go off video games, but the the thing that happened with The Witcher is kind of a classic example of, in my mind, of, like, when you have people that are not paying attention to the source material and they're like, well, we'll just get the right, like, we're going to fix it. <laughs> that, that's the way it always fix, was dude. with comic book movies until, you know, they finally yeah. broke there with the Avengers and stuff. Yeah. But, um, and that's yeah, what the, the, uh, uh, that's what I was talking about. Flea market fantasy last night with the DC reboots. Every time they bring it back, they're like, we got to change it and update it and make it different. Like, no, <laughs> just make, take the best parts of the old ones, mush them <laughs> together. <laughs> the best version you possibly can. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's honestly, it's not, it's not complicated. Like it really isn't a complicated formula to understand, but they don't get it. The egos and the fucking stupidity of people in Hollywood are just too, they just don't get it or they won't get it. one of the two. They're like, we're just not going to, we're not going to pay attention to the fact that we failed using this formula dozens of times. Nope. Nope. Toffee. Keep going. Yeah. Toffee, did you have uh, something? Yeah, one of the movies I watched this week was that new Super Mario Brothers. Oh, there you go. Oh. <clears throat> and uh, I think Nintendo was involved in the production of that. But, uh, yeah, like, there are some slight modifications to give Mario a backstory that's not just like, well, he's just Mario in the games, basically. Um. But that's, you know, five or ten minutes of the movie, and then you're just in Super Mario, basically. Mario. Is, that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That you're just yeah, in? that's a good thing, because it's just like, a, hey, this is just like watching a video game written as a movie. It's hmm. fun. All right. There you go. Uh, I never watched the first Super Mario Brothers, like uh, Bob Hoskins, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Oh, when I was a kid. Yeah. So yeah, that was more the problem of we got to change this and make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Let's create this weird thing where apparently human beings evolve from dinosaurs. <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking with that? What the fuck was that about? I, that, that whole thing with the dinosaurs just blew my mind. I was like, yeah. who, who, and someone got paid more money than all of us combined would make in our entire life to to destroy that, like, very simple. And, and we're not talking about a complex Shakespearean plot to begin with here. We're talking about a fucking two-dimensional video game, and they're like, mm, you know what this needs? Dinosaurs. 
I, I had I had no idea that was the premise of that film. I've never seen. Yeah, it. like the uh, the new one. The the movie starts out with Mario and Luigi are like uh, struggling plumbers. You know, they just started their own Super Mario Brothers plumbing service, and they can't get any customers. There's a water main break, so they go to fix it. End up in the sewers, and all of a sudden, there's just a green pipe that they fall into, and they're in the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> there you go. Classic. And you got to rescue the princess, right? Yeah, and uh, it's similar to, like, the the newest Mario game where there's, like, you know, there's the Mushroom Kingdom and the Darklands and Bowser World and all these different realms, I guess. And, uh, yeah, Bowser's just a dinosaur who wants to marry the princess. There's no reason (laughs) given. There's no story given. It's just this is the princess. This is Bowser. It all makes sense. Don't think about it. There you go. Trust us. We're Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the motto of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, well, except this was Nintendo taking back their own property going, we're not going to fuck it up this time. So it's just, hey, it's Mario. Everyone knows Mario. We well, don't need to explain Mario. Well, Capcom was like the producer of the, the Street Fighter film. Like they funded Ooh. it all, I guess. And they had to approve everything. So they got exactly what they wanted, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Capcom's a great game studio. Maybe not so much with the movies, as seen <laughs> they, by Resident Evil. They did make <laughs> money, Fighter. though. You know, it did make money. So, what do they care? I guess. But, um... Hey, Tuffy, what else did you watch? Oh, well, we didn't give ratings for Street Fighter. Should we give ratings? For... Sure. <laughs> I uh, guess it's like a. Kind of we have to. On a bad movie scale. It's like a. Yeah, bad it's like a six. Like. Yeah. Wouldn't tell somebody not to watch it, but I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it either yeah i'm with toffee i think six is about right jank uh i think i'll be generous and give it a four i mean as you mentioned we've certainly watched things that were more boring um so (laughs) i'll give it that but at the same time it was just convoluted and and stupid at every turn so uh it's not the hardest thing to watch but i certainly i couldn't recommend it even as a bad it it was a bit too long though right it wasn't like an hour and 40 yeah Good lord. Yeah, that movie should have been 90 minutes on the nose. Like, tops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Miles, it's not like you have a story to sustain. What do you think, Miles? One out of ten. Uh, I'll be generous and give it like a four and a half oh. for the hell of it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, that's probably more than it deserves, considerably more than it deserves. I don't what know. What was that one you made us watch about the, uh, the, the, the pitcher who's murdering people? Oh, night game. <laughs> or yeah, no, it wasn't a pitcher murdering people. It was a guy murdering people whenever that pitcher pitched. That's yeah, right. yeah, night yeah. game. Roy you Scheid said you was... wanted a bad movie, man. I gave you a bad movie. Yeah, he was having sex with a twenty-five-year-old. Yeah, and, and banging his 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 girlfriend from high school's daughter. That was yeah. like a, a third of his age. Now I'm all for like. A 50-year-old man getting it on with a 25-year-old, but he was like 59. Well, we learned some disturbing <laughs> things about uh, Green Lantern last night on Flea Market Fantasy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, tune in for that. But anyway, uh, Tuffy, what else? What was the other movie you watched? Uh, I watched Asteroid City. Oh man, I just want to oh, kick yeah. that right in the jeans. <laughs> yeah, I mean. If you like Wes Anderson movies, you're going to like this one. 
He's so precious, Wes Anderson. Everything is so it, precious. Like, yeah. everything's so precious, and then this is the most convoluted bullshit. Because <laughs> the movie is uh, a TV show about a play, and then what you think the movie is is the play within the TV show that is in the movie, and it's like, what the fuck <laughs> is this bullshit? Uh, hey, Miles, listening to it, like Miles, how do you how do you feel about Wes Anderson? Usually, Miles, are you a fan or no? Is he? I get Paul Thomas Anderson and Wes yeah. Anderson. Confused. <laughs> I, I know. Um, yeah, this is the <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums, not uh, Boogie Nights. Okay, never mind then. Um, yeah, the Boogie Nights guy, I know. Um, this guy, not so much. Not I love Bottle Rocket when it came out. One of my favorite films. I still yep. I, I haven't watched it in so long, but I still love it. And uh, like when I was in my twenties, man, that movie is so good. But uh, Royal Tannenbaum's I enjoyed, but it's just every movie just gets worse, and like it's just the same thing over and over and over, and it's just like all right, yeah. They all have Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> yeah, Rushmore. Yeah, <laughs> Rushmore had its moments. Yeah. Had moments. Oh, are scrubs? Oh, are they? One of the greatest lines ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does have uh, possibly Scarlett Johansson naked, possibly a body double. Unclear. Oh, well, hey, I've done enough scholarly body research. Like I could tell you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The difference. <laughs> I'm thinking body double because it was confusing as fuck, too. I had to go on Wikipedia during the movie to figure out what was going on, which she's done a, a lot of spot. nude scenes. Like she's done nude scenes, though. So Yeah. Yeah. Under the skin. Oh, under the skin. Yeah, that was a good one. Because within the play, within the TV show, within the movie, she's playing an actress. So I was confused as shit because, like, I know that they're in a play in a TV show and then her character keeps running lines because within the play, her character is an actor. And it's like, I do not understand. Is this actually a play happening? Is she just fucking reading lines in the play that's in the fictional TV show? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't even understand what what, what that means. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm already lost. Yep. Yep. But oh, uh, Scarlett Johansson says Wes Anderson was uncomfortable directing her Asteroid City nude scene. Oh, yeah. So that is that's her. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I want to guess yeah, he probably was uncomfortable. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'd be Comfortable. Yeah. Wes Anderson seems to go a little bit weird. So, a little peculiar. Yeah, because it's uh, Ed Norton plays the playwright on the TV show writing the play. And uh, then you got Jason Schwartzman is a, his character in the play is a wartime photographer whose wife died, and Tom Hanks is his father in law. So they're at this astronomy convention in the desert and then an alien ship comes. So they all get stuck there. And it is like, I don't understand what the fuck any of this has to do with anything. <laughs> like this is what I expect an AI movie would spit out in terms of plot cohesiveness. Huh. Wow. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. I like that. Uh... Like, they're all words. They're all put in an order that makes sense mostly, but not in a way that a human would ever write it. <laughs> all right. So not a fan of Asteroid City. All right. Uh, 
Miles, have you watched anything recently? Let's see. I just watched. I think I mentioned it. I watched a couple of. I watched. I finally, finally saw the last Halloween film. Halloween uh, ends. Oh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. You know what that movie reminded me of? Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. <laughs> um. Except I actually kind of. I've grown to like Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. There's no chance right, I will ever like Halloween. <laughs> right. Because Friday the Thirteenth Part Five is funny. And mm-hmm. even unintentionally funny, and sometimes intentionally funny, like it's entertaining. I would watch it again. I own it, as a matter of fact. But I would never watch Halloween End again. Like never. It no. it was actually <laughs> no. better written than Halloween Kills, which is one of the worst written movies I've ever seen in my entire like major release movies that I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Crowds of people chanting "Evil dies tonight" as they destroy a hospital. Like <laughs> it was awful, but the the yeah. movie is a joke and it's nonsensical. Like Michael Myers is barely in it. Uh, yeah, there's just so much wrong with the film. There's like teen drama and the characters do things that don't make sense. Nothing. There's no consistency yeah. with how the characters behave. It's like. It's, it's, it was it's, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter so into this creep. Like, I don't understand yeah, it. Slobbering all over this guy who's obviously, a, I mean, weird and like that immediately turns into a serial killer. And yeah, it's just, it's a combination of Friday the 13th part five and Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers, where they go into mm-hmm. like the mystical lore of, and like try to do that. And it's like, so you're taking two movies that are pretty bad and you're like, we know, we know what we need to do is take two bad movies and combine them and some synergistic genius will occur and we'll have a good movie. And it's like, no, this is a, this is a piece of crap. Like this movie is really fucking bad. Um, I saw, what else did I see? I saw this, I think, did I already talk to you guys about caveat? That does sound familiar. In a nutshell, it's like a, psychological horror film, I guess you'd call it. It's like, you don't know whether it's supernatural or not. It's like very, it's like there's like four people in the cast and it's about this dude that his memory is fucked up because he was in an accident and his friend asks him to look after his insane sister at this isolated house for a okay, weekend yeah. he's desperate for money. And Doesn't she I have like some sort of a rabbit? Was excellent. She had like a rabbit? Yeah, that fucked up rabbit yeah, yeah, was yeah. in it. The first hour is, was amazing. The second hour did not in any way live up to it, but it was still way good enough to watch. And then I saw a movie called, it's like 20 years old that I never saw called Session Nine. Um, huh. That is surprisingly, it had David Caruso in it. And I'm not a big fan of his, but he's really good <laughs> in it. Really good. Like on CSI Miami, I, he delivered some of the worst performances that I've seen in like a major <laughs> television show. Like, I mean, granted, his dialogue was fucking horrific and that may be why he phoned it in. But in this movie, he was damn good. And Paul Guilfoyle was in it, too. And some other people. It's like a very small cast, like six people. It's about th- this crew that's hired to remove asbestos from an insane asylum in New England that's been <laughs> abandoned. And they go in and you you don't know whether it's a psychological horror film or a supernatural horror film or both. And it's very slow, like it builds for the first hour, and a lot of people wouldn't have patience for it, but I thought it was a good movie. It reminded me a little bit of that movie Triangle that we discussed. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. In that it's really kind of like a tragic horror film. It's not splatter and gore, there's killing and stuff like that, but it's 
it it spends some time developing these characters who are like totally ordinary people, like every man, there's no heroes, there's none of that. And then shit goes real weird. And there's like this underlying tragedy to the whole story that would, that kind of sticks with you. So I was, I was, uh, I was kind of impressed by it. Um, it's, you got to have patience and you got to be a fan of horror movies that are, you know, a little slower and less like relentless than a lot of us are used to. But, um, I kind of dug it. Definitely. Session nine gets 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, it's not the greatest movie ever made, but I really appreciated the craft that went into it. And the fact that they actually were like, here's the characters, like these are real people and they're doing real things. And they're, it's, it's not the standard horror film of like, here's the acting school drop, you know, drop out slasher fodder, line them up, knock them down. Movie's over. Like that, that kind of storytelling was, was fine in the eighties because like slashers were still, there was some freshness to it, <laughs> but at a certain point that line them up, knock them down thing in horror movies gets really fucking old. Like I want to be invested in the characters. Well, what did we watch? Uh, Jake, what was that one we watched just a week or so ago? That was like scream before scream. What was that? thing? Oh, uh, there's nothing out there. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? Miles, there's nothing. I've out, heard out. of it. I never saw it. Is it any good? No. Nah. Maybe I heard of it from you. I actually. No, I don't think we've, I've ever. Yeah, it's not terrible, but it, it's kind of like a scream, scream before scream. Like there's a character who is kind of basically the whole embodiment of the scream films, <laughs> like the way he talks about horror movies and like you can't do this, you can't do that, you know, all that kind of right. stuff. Right. It's from like 1990. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's pre-scream, so. Oh, but it, okay. it's kind of like a comedy. Uh, there's a couple good-looking ladies in it, though. And uh, that sounds horror cool. films are usually usually good for some for some hot girls. Not always. Session yeah. Nine doesn't have any women in it. Um, but uh, I always felt like horror movies. Like I remember when I was a kid, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. There's this girl that's so fucking hot, and they have <laughs> like she's wearing these tiny little shorts and this like crop top. And they have this close up of her butt oh, yeah. and she's walking along and like this <laughs> other guy's like, Hey baby. And da, da, da. And I, when I was reading reviews on Amazon of Friday the 13th part two, the number of men who commented about like, yeah, I was 12 <laughs> and I rubbed one out like 75 <laughs> times to this on my old VCR, you know, like the, I was laughing my ass off. It was like, cause back in those days, you know, you, you yeah. took what you could get as far as pretty girls, <laughs> exactly. but like, yeah. um, Guys were like, holy shit, that girl was so fucking hot. That's the only thing I remember about the movie. <laughs> and then Friday the 13th Part 5 has the famous Debbie Sue Voorhees, was the girl with the huge boobs who gets killed um, in the forest. She's banging her boyfriend, and the fake Jason kills them both one at a time. But, like, uh, there's this extended naked sequence of her um, getting pounded by her boyfriend out in the forest. <laughs> and her real name was Debbie Sue Voorhees. That's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because Voorhees ain't a common name. And um, she was hot as shit and had won like all these best body on the beach contests and they cast her in the film. And um, there's a hilarious story about that where the guy who's banging her, the boyfriend, he and his girlfriend auditioned for the part because they thought it would be fun. Like, we'll get naked on screen. We'll, you know, (laughs) we'll fool around in front of the cameras. We'll get killed. It'll be a fun, fun time. Well, the girlfriend didn't – they took a look at Debbie Sue Voorhees and canned the girl and were mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll take her. So then this guy had to be like, yeah, I got the part. You didn't, and I'm going to spend like literally 14 hours lying on top of this <laughs> unbelievably hot, naked fucking girl with tits the size of my head. Um, please have a pizza waiting when I come home. 
<laughs> I'm sure they weren't a couple very long after that. Yeah, that that can't have lasted. It cannot have lasted. Actually, the the way I know that is because Debbie Sue Voorhees uh, said that in an interview. She's like, yeah, he, he the the girl really. I don't think she was happy with her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go imagine. We figure that. Can't can't understand why. Um, Jack, have you been watching anything? Ah, uh, well, I finally got a chance to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. Said that. yeah. Gar- <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, Volume Three. And because uh, uh, we love James Gunn here on this show. <laughs> That's right. You've changed. That's, you're a changed man now. That's sarcasm. But uh, all right. So t- number two, I love the first movie. Uh, number two, uh, Ego, the uh, Kurt Russell was Ego, right? Let me the planet, yeah. Nope. I thought it was fine. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was fine. Uh, so what's the number three about? I don't even know. Uh, so this one, it was all a little all over the place, to be sure. <laughs> a little less focused than the other two. Um, but overall, I still liked it. The It starts off with the Guardians are still on Nowhere. They're trying to clean that place up, kind of. I think you watched the Christmas special, right? I did not, because oh, okay. uh, James Gunn was involved. <laughs> James Gunn involved, yeah. <laughs> so they're still living on Nowhere. They're kind of running that place and uh, trying to get their shit together. Peter Quill's basically just drinking himself into a coma every night because uh, he's still sad about Gamora. Yeah, Gamora uh, died, but there's another Gamora now, right? Like a, yes. from another timeline. Yeah, like an earlier Gamora who basically was, you know, hadn't even left Thanos yet. So she's kind of, you know. But it's not Gamora. It's not the Gamora he loves. And she nope. wants nothing to do with him anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, right? she doesn't really know who the hell he is or why he keeps saying that we're in love when, you know, she doesn't know who he is, so. Yeah, it's not going well. So he's pretty upset. Um, Rocket is also very upset. Uh, he, I, he's just kind of, you know, I don't even know why he's, he's always upset about life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're kind of just all hanging out there one day. And then, uh, Adam Warlock shows up. Adam Warlock. Yeah. The old played by Will Poulter, who seemed like a weird choice, but I, I did like what well, he did. I don't know who that is. We're going to have to explain who that is. Uh, he was, uh, like the kid in We're the Millers. Um, yeah, you're still going to have to explain who that is. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other things <laughs> I've seen him in. But he's got, like, a weird face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there you go. That's all you need. He's uh, definitely one of those, you know, he's got uh, a weird I'm trying to think of what other he's been in, but that's probably the big one. Um, he's kind of usually plays, like, a little asshole. <laughs> type kid, I feel like is is his main role. So it seems a little strange for Adam Warlock, who's just kind of this pacifist. They couldn't get Wesley time. Owens for Mr. Belvedere to do it. Hey, this, yeah, this, yeah. this guy does have a weird face. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, that's like his calling card. <laughs> but if you paint him in gold, I guess it works. <laughs> um, so yeah, he attacks them. Basically, he's you know been sent by those gold people from the second movie uh, to you know kill the guardians and. uh so then Rocket ends up getting grievously injured in this battle. Oh, no. Um, yeah. So uh, they, they end up driving him off. Like Adam Wallach kind of gets driven away. But uh, Adam, uh, Rocket Raccoon is very, you know, damaged. And they can't use these med packs on him because apparently he's got, like, a kill switch in him. Uh, that if you try to repair him or, you know, like, fix up his body, he just will destroy himself. <laughs> So they're like, okay, well, who did this? And like, how do we shut it off? So they, they kind of started investigating what happened, you know, to Rocket, like how Rocket became who he is and who created him and how can they get rid of this kill switch so they, they can heal him up before he dies. Okay. So it's an interesting premise. 
Um, obviously, the the person who did create him in this universe is the High Evolutionary. Oh, all right. Yeah, so oh, he's the, the kind of main antagonist of this film. Does he look like the High Evolutionary in the comics? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> at least that? he looks pretty lame. Um, it was an interesting enough character, but yeah, he looks pretty terrible. He's just kind of a like a guy. He doesn't really have a helmet so much. It's just like a it's all purple suit. Um, it's it's not not as cool at all. It's just kind of like a purple mesh almost. I don't know. It's a weird look. But yeah, he was still. You kind of see a lot of flashbacks to Rocket's backstory. Um, where he's getting created and, you know, the high evolutionary is trying to make all these animal people and they keep coming out wrong, but apparently Rocket's like a science genius and he kind of fixes the problem and high evolutionary gets pissed about that because he's like, why is this raccoon smarter than me? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, Miles Watson. Every day. Yeah. (laughs) Miles Watson, you did Rocket Raccoon with us on Flea Market Fantasy, right? Weren't you on that episode? I did. I did. I forgot about that, actually. You'll both be happy to know that in those flashbacks, we get to see Lila the otter. Yeah, the otter porn. Remember? Well, the, the <laughs> otter, yeah. Naked otters. Naked otters. I found those comics to be somewhat disturbing, but. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dell loved it. That's great. <laughs> but uh, she in here has like robot arms. Like she's got these weird, you know, just robot arms. Um, and most of the actual other creatures that he's in there with. Uh, are pretty disfigured and like there's like a like a fluffy bunny that's got these weird spider legs like and it's crazy looking and I kind of appreciated that like they really leaned into the body horror aspect of uh, what the high evolutionary is doing over there so that was kind of interesting um and yeah basically the show eventually the flashbacks kind of lead to Rocket getting out um and you know all of his friends obviously were murdered basically so he's the only one that survives um. And then he escapes and he got his name because he had seen a rocket at one point and they had this whole dream that him and his friends were going to, uh, you know, get in a rocket one day that rocket was going to build and then they would all escape and, you know, go fly the spaceways together. But I, uh, I have that same dream about the four of us that we'd all get in a rocket. <laughs> Bye. That wasn't a dream. <laughs> well, Larry, too. Well, well, we'll see for Larry. well, yeah, fine. Larry will be there, too. We'll do. Yep. Stars. And the Ed, but we gotta make oh, sure yeah, we the have Ed. that. Yeah, so. I forgot about the Ed yeah. on the way. <laughs> make sure there's a bathroom on the rocket, please. All right. So uh they yeah. gotta save Rocket. And then uh yep. So they end up teaming up with Gamora for some reason. Uh like they they get kind of abducted by the Ravagers, who Gamora is now leading. Uh she's kind of like their leader, I guess. Oh. So she decides to kind of tag along on this mission and, uh, you know, Peter Quills obviously keeps trying to talk to her and be like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, we used to be together and stuff. She's just like, she's not having it at all. Uh, she keeps kind of shutting that down. Um, so he kind of, there's a whole running thing where Mantis is trying to talk to him like, Hey, you know, I know you're always upset about people leaving you. Like your, your mom died and Yandu died and Gamora's left you now. Like, but like you left people too. So like, uh, like, you know, what about your grandpa? Like he might still be alive back on earth. He's like, no, he's got to be like 90. Like people on earth died and they're like 50. <laughs> oh no. Miles, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, fuck. I mean, I'm making it. Through this is like, like are you going to die? He's like, I'm not 50. <laughs> uh, but, Probably getting close. 
so that's kind of a runner throughout the whole thing. Um, and uh, so they go to this one planet to try to kind of, you know, some hijinks ensue. They eventually end up finding it is the high evolutionary that they're after. Uh, the high evolutionary is kind of working with those golden people from the last movie. So Adam Warlock kind of gets involved in that as well a little bit. And he gets sent after them again later on. Uh, but eventually he ends up, you know, just kind of like having a change of heart. And uh, they, they, they save his life, basically. I think Brute saves his life. And he's kind of like, well, why, why would he save me? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And somebody translates, you know, when he says, I am Groot, that it's like, well, he says, you know, everybody des- deserves a second chance. So Adam Warlock kind of, you know, has a change of heart throughout the movie, which I thought was pretty well done. Um, that was interesting. All right. Um, oh, but you don't find Ryu and Ken turning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they spent more time on it. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I actually bought it. This movie did have good, like, kind of emotional moments. I'll give it that much. Um, so yeah, they, they get separated at one point, uh, but they do end up getting the kill switch turned off and Rocket does live, of course. Uh, nobody could have seen that coming. <laughs> uh, but then they go and basically the high evolutionary is planet, or they do, they do, oh, you know what they do? They go to the, uh, reverse earth or the counter earth at one point. Uh, yeah, for that? those, got that whole planet on the opposite side of the sun. Yeah, for those not familiar with the comics, the High Evolutionary had his own Earth, and it was on the yeah. it was it was out of sync, like by half a second or something, right, or yeah. something like that, so people couldn't see it. But it was like just a duplicate Earth. That's where Adam Warlock, all of animal people, in the comics, that's where Adam Warlock first, like his series was set on the Counter Earth, right? Yeah, that's right. But uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, I guess they beat yeah, up they the- there. Yeah, there's a bunch of animal people. Um, the High Evolutionary, yeah, they do eventually end up all kind of teaming up. There's there's a really cool battle sequence where they're just fighting a bunch of people and trying to get to Rocket, uh, where Rocket's helping a bunch of these animals out. And they're trying to evacuate everybody off of this, uh, you know, the High Evolutionary's planet. And they're trying to get them all to the ship. And Rocket, you know, the whole movie and the whole series really has been saying, like, why does everyone keep calling me a raccoon? I'm not a raccoon. But then he sees, like, he goes and finds, you know, a bunch of the cages where the high evolutionary has all these animals. And he sees a bunch of, you know, animals like the ones he came from. And it says, you know, species raccoon on there. <laughs> so he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so then he starts actually calling himself, like, my name is Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally, you know, owns up to it for the first time. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I guess yeah, Drax, they, they, is Drax in here as well? Dave Bautista? Is he still there? Yeah, yeah, he's in there. Um, there's a whole, there's a weird moment where like, uh, like Mantis basically calls him stupid right to his face and he like gets kind of sad about it and she just like makes him forget. Like she uses her mental powers to be like, yeah, I forget about that. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> All right. But yeah, he has a good moment with a bunch of these kids that they're, you know, saving from the high evolutionary's planet, uh, which comes back later on. Um, yeah, like Rocket, uh, back in the day when he first escaped, like he like tore the shit out of the high evolutionary's face. So like now his, when you look at him, instead of having a helmet, like I said, he just kind of has normal skin, but it's kind of like stretched at the edges. So you can tell like, oh, like I guess he got his skin put back on. <laughs> and, uh, during the final battle, like the skin comes off and he looks pretty messed up. <laughs> oh no. So this movie did get kind of dark at times, which I, I appreciated the uh, the lengths they went to in some of these scenes. Um, but yeah, they get everybody off of the ship, uh, the, even though the animals like Rocket won't let them leave any of the the animals behind. 
So they eventually get everybody off the ship and Peter Quill's like kind of the last one off and he ends up floating in space and he doesn't have his mask on or anything. So he looks like he's just dying. Like he's just, you know, getting the frost set in in and he's just going to die. Good morning. Uh, nope. Adam Warlock. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. That's he can weird. fly out into space. So yeah, he just, you know, goes out and grabs him and that kind of, you know, ingratiates him with the, uh, with the guardians there that, oh, maybe this guy did have a change of heart. Um, so yeah, he saves Peter Quill, um, Gamora and him kind of come to a, an understanding, but you know, she's still not into him, but she's going to go back to the Ravagers, but you know, at least they're cool. Like he, she kind of at least gets, you know, Peter Quill's all right. Huh. So. Yeah, that's kind of where that goes. And then basically there's a big uh breakup of the team at the end um, where Peter Quill does decide he's going to go back to Earth for a while and try to see if his you know grandpa is still alive and, and find out what's going on there. He, he realizes he should stop running and go back home and you know see what's going on on Earth. Um, Mantis, this one kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, she just decides, yeah, I'm going to leave too. <laughs> like, um, Cause she's like, I used to just do whatever ego told me to do. And then I've, since then I've just done whatever the guardians wanted. Like I need to take some time to figure out what Mantis wants and stuff like that. Uh, and at one point they fought a bunch of those creatures from the beginning of the second movie. Those like squid creatures. And she kind of like calmed them down with her like mental powers. So she's got them as like pets now. And so she just kind of leaves with them to, uh, you know, go figure out what she wants to do in the world, I guess. Um, Nebula decides she's going to lead like the city on nowhere. She's basically going to be the, the ruler of that city uh, and try to build the home she never had. Uh, Drax, I guess he's going to be, they're like, you, these kids, all these kids we rescued are going to need like a father essentially. And you were so good with them earlier. Like, I think you should be you're in charge of these kids essentially. So he is basically off the team to do that, I guess. That seems odd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Batista just doesn't want to be in these movies anymore, so yeah. they had to come up with something. <laughs> and he was the guy who, you know, he's mad about his wife and kid getting murdered, so oh, I guess he's, all right. he's yeah. yeah, it kind of makes sense. Hey, Miles, um, I, I think uh, you also did a Drax story with this on Flea Market Fantasy. Hmm? Wasn't it the backup in Logan's, Logan's Run? Run? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my yes. God, I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. Um you've been well, at this point I've done I've done quite a few I mean not as yeah. many as some. Yeah. But I've done okay. quite a few appearances and some of those comics obviously were a little more memorable than others. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Drax. That was, yeah. that was that was before Drax uh, had the knives and the tattoos and everything. But um Yeah. He's just kind of a big dumb. So dumb uh so thing. where does Rocket go? Does he go to have sex with otters? Uh, no, he he's going to lead the team now. He's the new leader. Well, who's um, on the team if everyone left? Yeah, <laughs> not a whole lot of people. I mean, you got Groot still. Groot's still there. Oh, okay. You got uh, what's his name? The uh, Sean Gunn, who's got Yondu's Finn. Um, oh, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he was the, the Ravager guy uh, who kind of got Yondu's Finn when he died, um, so he can do the Arrow thing now. Okay. Um, is that a Yep, oh, Adam Warlock. He's gonna Cosmo be Cosmo the, the dog. I know him from Marvel. Yeah, Star. yeah. I guess it's a it's a girl in this movie played uh, by that girl okay. played Borat's daughter in uh, the second Borat movie. All right, and 
So yeah, the telekinetic dog, you got them. And I think the other member then is like Philavel. Um, Philavel. Like she's a child still. Uh, and she was barely in this movie. Like, and then just all of a sudden in the post credit scene, they're, they're all as a team and you see her there and they're like, what the fuck did they even, did she even have powers in this? <laughs> did I miss that part? Um, but yeah, I don't know how they're going to explain that because in the in the comics, you know, she's the the daughter of Marvel, who doesn't seem to really exist in this universe. How about that? So was there like a post credit scene or anything to tease anything? Yeah, there was that one. Uh, it was just kind of like, I guess just to show you, here's the new team. I don't know if they're ever going to make a movie about that team or anything like that. I don't know what's next. I think obviously James Gunn is gone uh, over to DC. Thank but, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe somebody will make a Guardians movie about that and then there was a, a final post credit scene where I was just basically oh because you do see Peter go back to, to Earth and his grandpa is still alive and they kind of he recognizes him immediately and they, they kind of hug it out and then there's a post credit scene with the two of them where it's just weird and like they're just having a normal conversation at like a dinner table and then it says like the legendary Star-Lord will return so oh. I don't know Star-Lord solo adventure on Earth. Maybe he joins the Avengers in their next incarnation? I don't know. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a, that's a lot. We learned a lot about the Guardians there. Yeah. So the most important thing is James Gunn's going. Tuffy, I guess you never saw that movie, right? No, I haven't watched it yet. Well, you don't have to now. He ruined it for you. <laughs> I'll still go watch it. Watch it? I'm gonna watch that and uh, that most recent Ant Man. I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I have Disney Plus. I got it so I can watch Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not even gonna bother with Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, if you got the Peacocks, you can watch that Super Mario and Asteroid City. If you want to torture yourself, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. But I would recommend Mario. That's a fun movie. Well, uh, I did watch Big Brother. We got to talk about Miles. Uh, you don't care about Big Brother, right? We should probably let you go for the Big Brother. Um, are you talking about the TV show? Yeah. Do you watch Big Brother? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no. We no. used to be way into it, and now, like the last few years, we've gotten out of it. But I, I did watch uh, a new season just started, so I did watch episode one, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. Well, Miles, uh, what else should we talk? Uh, anything else to plug? Uh, you're working on the new Cage Life book. Uh, True. Um, well, I guess maybe the, uh, you know, I could plug that uh, werewolf book I wrote. But, uh, you know, yeah. that's off topic from Big Brother unless someone in the house yeah. is a, van- uh, a werewolf like in The Howling Part 5. Yeah, I, I think this season of Big Brother is the multiverse. That's the gimmick they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, what was the werewolf one called again? I can't even remember. Wolf Weather. The, Wolf Weather, and I did the cover for it. Yeah. At least the font of it. Yeah. <laughs> also, Wolf Sinner's Weather. Cross. Yeah. Sin- still. Yeah. Sinner's Cross. And, uh, uh, what was the, uh, Very Dead of Winter is the sequel to Sinner's Cross. And Cage Life, and- Knuckle Down, The Devils You Know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of crap for you to buy out there. You know, <laughs> you should your 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 audience is full of well-heeled youngsters with, you know, 
is disposable incomes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, go to Swatson back scratcher. <laughs> no, he don't, doesn't have those. <laughs> but uh, go to One Nine Books or just go to Amazon, type in uh, Miles Watson, and all the books will pop up. You'll find them all. Be a great time. And new covers are coming for Cage Life and Knuckle Down. Pretty soon. That's right. Designed by Michael Dell. Yeah. That'll be great. Uh, so if you look real hard, there's Alf hidden in there somewhere. Yeah, there better <laughs> yeah. not be. But I was going to say, if, if people like the new covers, then they should give me credit for asking you to do that, new covers. And if they don't like the new covers, they should blame yeah, it's, you. It's my fault. Yeah, it's my fault. But, yeah, somewhere in there, there's an Alf. So Miles is going to go crazy now trying to find an Alf when he sees this cover. God, can, I, I, would, I would definitely have a fucking fit. I would. Oh, it was your birthday recently, too, Miles. It was your birthday. We That's forgot true. to wish you happy birthday. And uh, I put an ALF photo on your Facebook there. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll repay these kindnesses. <laughs> did you do anything big for the birthday? Did uh, you go I did not. I, on Just Sunday before my birthday, my birthday was on a Tuesday, which is a lame day to have a birthday. So on Sunday I went out, and um, I hadn't had a drink in, in probably two full weeks, maybe 15, 15 <laughs> days, something like that. <laughs> it's, a couple of years. it's been two weeks. And, well, for me, yeah, that's a big deal. But <laughs> I hadn't had a drink since I was in Quebec City, so the last night that I was there. So I was like, all right, you know, and I've lost like 11 pounds in the last two months. Oh, so I'm a little slimmer. Well, so what's, I the go weight, out, what's the weight these days? I'm 196. So you were you were north of 200. Well, yeah, I was at 207. Yeah, I was the, the biggest I've ever been. And people are like, "Well, you don't look fat," and I'm like, "Well, I fucking feel fat, so <laughs> I got to do something about it." So I've lost 11 pounds. 192 is a good weight for me, but I'm going to try to get in the 180s just for just yeah. because. Um, but I uh, I was I went out and I was like had two beers with dinner and I was like, "Hey, you want to?" This girl I was with, I was like, "Hey, you want to?" You want to go get a drink? She's like, yeah, let's get a drink. So we go. And I proceeded to have two more beers and four whiskeys. Now, <laughs> that's a total of eight drinks, which under ordinary circumstances for me would not be a staggering quantity. But when you haven't had a drink in a couple of weeks, oh. like I'm not a person that keeps my tolerance. I get it back quickly, but I lose it quickly. So I was fine. I was feeling pretty good. I went to bed. I woke up the next day and I felt like absolute shit for the entire yeah. day. Like a tank had backed over my forehead. I, I was, I felt like shit. This girl that I work with, she walked up to me and she looked at me and she goes, no bueno. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I know I look like shit. I feel like shit. I look like I feel, but you don't have to tell me. <laughs> Yeah, so my birthday, I actually did nothing on my birthday because by then I still just the thought of of like any kind of alcohol still made me kind of want to puke. So, and of, of course yeah. you turned thirty nine, right? Thirty nine. Yeah. Uh, if only, if only. That's the old. It's like I get older every year. I don't understand it. It's crazy. But uh, well, happy birthday, and uh, thanks for joining the big show and watching Street Fighter with us. And I'm sure. Uh, We'll pick a winner next yeah, not, time. Not the worst movie that we have ever watched. I've got to say that. We got to find not that. The worst movie. We got to find that Sybil Danning uh, chained here, caged heat. We got to find yeah. that story. Mike Dell's 
obsession with, <laughs> with Sybil is, is deepening <laughs> okay. as he gets older. We just can't track that one down, though. But anyway. All right, Miles. Well, thank you very much, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, gents. Good night. Enjoy discussing uh, Big Brother. Yeah, I don't think that will happen, but yeah. anyway. Right. Thank you, Miles. There he goes. The Miles Watson. Again, go buy his books, onenightbooks.com or uh, on Amazon. And uh, yeah, I really should hide it out. Yeah, he, he's, he didn't tell me that. I meant to ask, do you think he went to drink with the same lady who was in Montreal or different ladies? Oh. It's not like the same one. I'll take different ladies. Oh, look at you. I think Miles out there getting it done. He is a raconteur. You know, so, you know, he's out there getting it done. You know who's not getting it done? These guys right here, the Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> We're not getting it done. Not at all. Keep it but, hey, I ate two corn dogs today. You call that not getting it done? Is this is this uh, State <laughs> Fair? Corn dogs? Yeah, or? I just remember to post that while uh, while Jake was talking about Guardians. Ah, sweet. Uh, I live for your state. I live vicariously. For and I had the uh, constant fear of which Mike Dell Twitter am I supposed to tag in this? Oh, uh, one nine books. One nine books. That's what I thought. Because there's like three or four that have been suspended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, look at this puppy. <laughs> Two corn dogs with uh, mustard and ketchup. And then he's got the yep. cheese fries. And these are oh, yeah. uh, crinkle cut cheese fries. Ooh, I'm a big fan of the French fries. And what's that beverage, Tuffy? It looks orange. Uh, mango iced tea. Oh, mango iced tea. Now, did you have dessert? No, I thought I'd go easy today since it's just day one. Right. Oh, yeah, you do uh, You do describe it in the tweet. I didn't pan up the whole way. I just saw the photo. Yeah, but yeah you do see mango iced tea. Yeah, I'll go back tomorrow, get, uh, get something deep fried and, uh, you know, Oreos or, you know, something. Yeah, you got to get something deep fried. All right, I'm, I'm very excited for this, Duffy. So, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, i got to see if that honey ice cream is back because it wasn't there yeah. last year. Yeah, that was always a crowd pleaser, the honey ice cream. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's talk some Big Brother. Tuffy, you yep. uh, informed us last week that Big Brother had started, and Jank and I had no idea. Yeah. And then uh, I think Jank and I promised to watch it. But then Jank did not watch it. Because... I remember Jank promising. I didn't have a way to watch. Yeah. yeah. My, <laughs> like, I remember the discussion being, I don't have Paramount Plus. I'm not going to see it, I guess. Uh, uh, right. That's what yeah. I remember Jank saying. Uh, here's what I did. Here's how I watched it. I, uh, I I still have the Comcast. You don't have the Comcast anymore, Jank, right? You got rid of the cable? Yeah, just for Internet. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I just I just spoke into that little remote thing. I said Big Brother and boom, it popped up. So I watched the big brother. Yeah. But um, trying to get to the I wonder uh, if I can see the second episode then, because I was watching coverage of a storm that was 100 miles away on my local CBS channel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even in August, apparently. Uh, Yeah. All right. So I'm on the old uh, big. We'll go through. uh, The first episode is always interesting to me. We get to see all these people. We get to talk about them and make fun of them. It's always a good time. And there, yeah. there's, al- there's also and already really been a make fun of one of them now. Yeah. <laughs> Someone has already got asked to leave the house, Jake. Oh, boy. Not asked to leave. They were told to leave. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, all right, so let's look at this cast. And I got to tell you, Tuffy, I think this is the best looking cast. We got like four or five deep here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, old statement. Yeah, usually you get like one good looking lady if you're lucky, sometimes two, maybe three on the outside. And this is a good looking cast. So, I don't know. I agree. Yeah. All right, so we'll go in alphabetical order here. Uh, first up is America. And yeah, she's number one with a bullet. She's pretty great, but she's young, you know. But if, if we're just talking yeah. looks, uh, she's very good looking. And uh, she's like a Latina, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh she kind of reminds me of a little of uh Roxanne Perez from uh NXT a little bit. Not really, but maybe a little bit. But um but she's real petite and real cute. Uh yeah. Is she your she's your number one, Tuffy? I think so. Uh I mean she hasn't been on the TV show much, so I haven't seen a ton, but Yeah. It's a solid choice. She's definitely contending for number one if she's not up there. Yeah. And what else is her? Uh, she's. Uh, what did she say she does? She's like a. Uh, is she a receptionist at a dermatologist's yeah. office? I believe. Yeah, she's just a receptionist somewhere. Classic yeah. Big Brother job. Yeah. But she seems nice. Next up, we have Blue. And. Uh, yeah. Her parents are from South Korea, I believe, if I'm remembering properly. Yeah. She's got and, all the tattoos and whatnot too. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how I feel about that. Ooh, but, this is this is Mike Dell, the big fan of Ink Master. Doesn't care for the yeah. tattoos. <laughs> all right, you <laughs> you got me. You, you got me there. All right, that's true. I should. Uh... But yeah, she's she's super cute. What well, what what is her deal? Uh, she's a brand strategist. Yeah, whatever the brand fuck strategist. That means. Yeah, she's unemployed. Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah. Posts on Instagram, I think. Yeah. <laughs> She's real foxy, though. Now, this next one, I'm intrigued by this lady. Bowie Jane is her name, right? Yeah. She's a lawyer slash DJ from Australia. <laughs> yes. But she's, <laughs> she's 45, so that's age appropriate. Um, yeah. But she looks like she's still trying to act like she's 28. Yeah, she's trying to tell the people in the house that she's 35 or something. And, uh, yeah, I'm not okay. buying it. But, uh, yeah, she actually Kylie Minogue in disguise. Yeah, because she's got the no. Australian accent. She's kind. I I I like her, she's but fine. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know too much about her yet, though. Uh, the whole DJ thing's a that's a red flag. I don't like any of that. But um, yeah. But I like her. We'll see. But that is an odd combination, lawyer by day. Uh, and then in Australia, she has to, like, wear a fancy robe or something. She's a, a lawyer. Yeah, she's a barrister. Oh, the wigs and Not stuff. just a lawyer, a barrister. Yeah. So it's a little crazy. Next up, we have a guy named Cameron. He yep. looks like a caveman. Basically. Yeah, he's a stay-at-home dad. And I think on the live feeds, other people have referred to him as having a cult leader personality. <laughs> Seems <laughs> odd. But he's got a big, uh, a lot of hair. He actually names his hair. Like his hair has a name, right? Oh no! Didn't he? Sure. Didn't he call? I think he called his na- his hair like Harriet or something. Or he's, he's got a ha- that could be. He's got a whole bunch of hair. He's got a big beard, and uh, yeah, he's interesting fella. 
Uh, he's the guy who's playing the guitar, uh, singing to his little girl, right? Is that him? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. All right. I don't remember any of their introductions at this point, so. Now we have Corey. Uh, yeah. This, this kid, I just wanted to punch him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. College student who thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Yeah. And he he says he's uh like he's on the debate team or something and he's like the best persuasive speaker in the country, he says. And yeah. And he's going to be he goes, big brother, it's all just about persuasive uh, talk. So I'm going to win because I can say I can, I'm the best talker there is. Like, fuck this guy. I'm going to punch him in the mouth. Yeah, I will say I did appreciate because uh, his older brother, I think, was on a season of Survivor. And his, yes, he was the first person voted off of that. Yeah. So when, you know, they give their shout outs when they cast their votes and he all he said was beat you, Zach, to his brother. Yeah, because he lasted one week. He lasted yeah, one week. Yeah. yeah. How about that? But I don't like this kid, though. I don't like. Yeah, him. I don't either. Next up, we have. Uh, well, they say that it, it says Felicia, but they, they pronounce it a little different. right? Felicia. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Felicia. Felicia. Yep. Felicia. All right. Uh, she is she sixty, sixty three, sixty three. Jank, how about that? Yeah, we lost Jank. I think he tapped out. No. But uh, stage appropriate yeah. for you. Oh, right yeah, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like that they have this cast is diverse uh, racially, also age wise. So yeah, that's nice to see. Because for a while, yeah. there was nothing but everybody in the early 20s, maybe early 30s tops. So uh, I kind of like when they have the older folks mixed in, you know? Yeah. She was like a career Air Force member. Yeah. I want to say. Uh, she She's also, uh, like, bald. She, like, shaves her head. Yeah. Her going, so. Yep. And she has uh, ruined, like, five mic packs already. <laughs> Why? What is she doing? Uh, well, she fell in the hot tub when they first got out to the backyard. So that was one. And then she dropped like two of them in the toilet or something. <laughs> well, a 63 year old, you know, that'll happen. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, yeah, she seems uh, good. A lot of people, uh, I checked the subreddit and I saw someone post that they think she's going to win because, uh, there's not a lot of attention on her and she, everyone seems to like her. So I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. Eventually, she's going to have to win competitions, though. There's going to be physical competitions she has to win. And, yeah, uh, she's not winning any physical competitions. All right, uh, this next guy, Hysom, H-I-S-A-M. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember him at all. Uh, he is a geriatric physician who also does oh. burlesque thing. Okay, yeah, his picture does not look like his – he looks like on the show. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's entertaining. Uh, he's going to give us good week because he's the current head of household. Oh, okay. And he is taking a very direct approach to his head of household. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> next, next up we have Izzy. She's yeah. a, uh, lesbian lady. Flautist. Yeah. And a professional flautist. Cause what did she, uh, when her introduction, she said she was a, a pro something. I didn't know what she said at first. I thought she said something else. But she said uh, a flautist or whatever. And uh, I was like, wait, there's professionals of that? That's just weird. I don't know. She's hustling people. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, I thought she said she was a professional pool player. She said she was a professional flute player. (laughs) (laughs) You can imagine my surprise. (laughs) When I looked up and she was playing the flute. Like, wait, what? That's what it was. All right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Izzy seems like but someone sort of flew like inside a pool queue. Yeah, like a little trace. But she, uh, she seems like someone who is very outgoing and wants to make sure everyone knows she's outgoing, and she really wants to win you over with how funny and happy she is. Is that what kind of the vibe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she is the person who comes in playing too hard, I think, and is going to get exposed for it. Unless uh, yeah. her alliance can kind of protect her from that. Yeah, it seems like she would really be exhausting being around her. You know, like one of yeah. those people just had enough. All right, next up we got, uh, does he pronounce this Jag? J-A-G? Jag? Yep. Jag. And oh, CBS promotion. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering about. <laughs> yeah. And he's, uh, a, he's a Sikh, so he's got the turban on all the time. Yeah, which is a good a good look. And uh, he's got a big beard, you know, and everything. So yep. he, he seemed like a nice fella. But then yeah. uh, he did kind of annoy me, though, because doesn't he say he had, like, he, I've got three degrees. I'm going to be the smartest person in the house. There's a lot of people in this season who think <laughs> they're the smartest person. In the yeah, house. there definitely is. <laughs> and so, but are any of his degrees in spelling? Yeah, <laughs> pencilery or whatever they. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got to check in with the Ed. Yeah, I haven't talked to the Ed all week. I checked in with him before because uh, you know he was working the Nate Diaz uh, logo or Jake Paul fight there, and I I yeah. sent a, a text and uh, we exchanged uh, words there. And I met. Uh, I thought he was going to call me after the fight or whatever, check in, but he never did. So I should probably check in with him. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway. The, but this Jag fella, he seems he seems like a nice guy, though, you know? Yeah. Then, uh, he's part uh, of the young side of the house. He's only 25. He's 25? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was 40 at least. No, he's on the young crew, which the house does seem to have divided itself, young and old. Of course. Yeah. All right, so next up we have Jared. And, yep. uh Sort of he, one of the big twists. Yeah, because all right, Tuffy. His his mother apparently is a very famous Survivor player. Yes. So yeah, you know, Sari has been on four seasons of Survivor. Okay, yeah, I have no idea who she is, but apparently everyone knows who she is who watches Survivor. And she made it to the final four twice. All right, so that's one won. of the. So this is her son, and. Uh, he he was saying in his uh, introduction video, he's like, I'm not going to tell anyone she's my mom because then they're going to know that, you know, you got to watch out, watch out for me because she was very good. On yeah. Survivor. But then the big twist is that his mom is on the show. Yeah. Did he know his mom was going to be on the show? I don't think so. Yeah. The way the, the first episode was, it seemed like he didn't. But. Yeah, because. I didn't see the second episode where, like, at the very end of the first episode, they revealed she was in the house. Yeah, but I didn't even really check his reaction to her at all. I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, she's apparently also been on a TV show called Snake in the Grass, which is another reality competition. She was the co-winner and another one called The Traitors that she won. So she just goes around from one reality show to the next. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Uh, but I don't know. I didn't like this guy either. He seemed real cocky and stuff. I didn't, I know I wasn't a fan of Jared. Yeah. And, uh, Izzy, I know was the person who pegged it right away. Cause she's a like reality show, super van, super fan who recognized Jared from Ceri's Instagram oh, page, I guess. Wow. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so the twist is just, uh, everyone knows already. No, she, she knows and she hasn't told anybody. Oh, that could also backfire on her, though, you know, because if people find yeah. out that she did, yeah. And uh, I guess because uh, he has, I think, given a different last name, and she said her one of her sons had a different name than Jared when she was telling people. Uh, but then the person who got evicted in her exit interview after Julie told her about the twist said, oh, because just like an hour ago, he was talking about his nickname is whatever it is. And that's what Ceri said her son's nickname is. So now that makes sense. So it's possible more people might be putting it together, but they don't seem to be catching on, even though they look very similar. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm kind of sad. Cause I think I know who left the house then from what you just said. So did Kirsten yeah. leave the house? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Kirsten is very good looking. Holy hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She has a that certain fortunate uh, first eviction. Yeah, certain uh, qualities that I enjoy, and uh, she has them. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, she was something. When I was doing my scholarly yeah. research, I was enjoying looking up uh, Kirsten. But here's the thing about the Kirsten: she, uh, she's, she, no, she's not the one. She's a doctor or something, right? Molecular biologist. I think Molecular you're thinking biologist. of Mecole. Is the one who's the uh, political consultant, probably. Yeah, but she she's another one. He thought she was really the sm- uh, smartest person in the house, though, Kirsten, right? Yeah. Yeah. And from everything I saw and read, she must she was an obvious recruit who didn't really know how you play Big Brother, and that kind of is, is what yeah. sunk her. Yeah. She was the one starting 10 different alliances on day one. Uh, really? Went, so she's with you and with me and with that person and with that person. Yeah, because Tuffy mentioned this last week when he told us about the show, but they didn't have a head of household right away. They just did four competitions, and then the losers of the competitions were all nominated, basically, right? Yeah. So Kirsten lost her competition. Uh, Wasn't it like something they were sitting on an exercise bike, and they had to kick themselves in the ass with a giant shoe? Yeah, it was basically a rowing (laughs) machine that had a boot on the backside of it. Every time you rowed, it would... uh... Give you a kick in the behind. And they're racing and to 100. He was against, like, uh, an Olympic swimmer yeah. <laughs> and two other muscly men who did much better well, on a rowing machine than her. Well, one other muscle. Yeah, Blue was also in there. I mean, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So I'm sad Kirsten left. But. Yeah, that was definitely a loss for the game. All right, next up is Luke. Yeah, Luke well, also left. Yeah, let's talk about Luke. All right, so before we get into why he had to leave the house, he just seemed like a, a jackass right from the start, right? Yeah, yep. Um, 100%. He, he's an illustrator by trade. Yeah, but he, he's like a big uh, muscular, muscular dude, uh, I guess a handsome fella. He seems like a frat boy to me. Yes, right? yeah, uh, except he's 30 years old. Oh, okay. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> um, but uh, he seemed like a, a charming enough fella or whatever, but just like a big dope. 
And yeah. Would you like to explain what happened to him, Tuffy? Uh, so it was him and Corey, who's a white fella, and uh, Hysom, who's a gay Arab fella, and Jared in a room just kind of chatting. And Jared's a black fella. Jared's a black fella. And he's just talking and talking and then throws the N-word in at the end of a sentence, just all casual-like, <laughs> and oh. catches himself and says, oh, no, I'm sorry. We're cool. I didn't mean that. And says, I meant to say whatever, some other, dude. like, I know, think he changed it to dude real quick. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> and Corey, the white guy, just acts all uncomfortable and leaves the room. And then Heisen kind of leaves the room. And then Jared's in there uh, and goes, yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> they cut to the DR and Jared's explaining, like, uh, I don't really know what to do, because if I overreact, then I look like an angry black guy. And if yeah. I say nothing, I look like an idiot. Yep. And also, I was annoyed that the two other people just left the room. <laughs> yeah. Now, in, in uh, like in fairness to this big dopey guy, he wasn't doing it like maliciously or uh, you know correct. Yeah. But it just shows he's very casual using this this word. You know? He was using it like the way uh, rappers use it, I guess, or whatever. Like, I, I think that's I suppose, the problem. Yeah. I think that's the problem you have with all these like dopey white frat boys grew up listening to the music thinking they're cool and hip, and then they it becomes part of their language, I guess, and they use it without no understanding it or why they yeah. should not use it. Uh, so I don't think he said it from a place of hate. It was obviously a place of stupidity and ignorance, but, um, but it was a violation of the, uh, big brother rules of conduct or whatever. So he got removed from the game for that. Yeah, man. How do you come back from this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like your own life is fucked. (laughs) Yep. Because now you're the racist. They got kicked off Big Brother. <laughs> uh, well, you're you're joining a long list there, but uh... <laughs> it's true. Do you think it's not a long list of people who got kicked off, but a long list of racist people on Big Brother? Yeah. No. I, again, I I don't know. Do you think it would have been better if they just uh, sat him down and said why? Hey, you can't. This is why, and like made it a thing on the show, like uh, a segment on the show, like. Hey, maybe let's quit using this word this way. You know what I mean? Like maybe possibly, but uh, with recent seasons and recent cast members, I think the like those cast members have expressed when things have happened, like it shouldn't be my job to tell this person why that's a dumb thing to say. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the approach they took of like maybe it'd be better for him if he sat and talked because even Jared, I think in his confessional was like, they have friends who like say that word in ways like that. And I don't think this was anything malicious, but you shouldn't. It was still dumb to do, basically. Yeah, it came out very casually for him and easily. So, you know, he says it a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I get and, it. I, yeah. It, Big Brother's history and Big Brother's history and where they are now and have been the last few seasons was like, yeah, they didn't really have any other choice but to do what they did. Yeah. Of uh, say that person's off the show. Has he had any public comments yet, or done anything? I haven't seen anything. Because but because wow, what do you do now? Like uh, anytime you go, like try to get a job. So, oh, you're on Big Brother. <laughs> I know. I really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully he learns yeah, he from is. it. You know. 
But do you think he's going to learn from it? I'm going to guess he doesn't. He doesn't seem like no. the kind of guy who's going to learn from it. <laughs> no, I feel like he is not the learning type. Yeah, he just seems like a big dumbass. But, um, all right, so that's Luke. So he's out of the house. Kirsten's out of the house. Next up, we have Matt, and this is like the Olympic yeah. swimmer guy. Who? Uh, yeah. He's also deaf, right? Yes. Which and, uh, that is another. Yeah. Issue that has come up is uh, he can't fucking hear when Julie's talking over a speaker. Yeah, like what the hell is CBS thinking? They they cast a deaf person, and they have no accommodations for the deaf person, so it's like he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, because he was telling people like during those first competitions, he was just kind of looking at other people to see what they did to figure out what he was supposed to do. And yeah. on the eviction show, you know, Julie goes, "Hi, so and so, who do you vote to evict?" He says, "I vote to evict Kirsten," and Julie says, "Thanks, you can go back and join the house guests." And he's just sitting there because he can't fucking hear anything. <laughs> Like how do they? How does this happen? How? Yeah, how do they not? Think you would think that? they would have yeah. like a monitor that just uh, runs like a live captioning or something, but yeah, some to have some thought yeah. toward the person who you know needs your help. Let's go. But uh, I don't know. It's crazy. So, but he uh, he's obviously going to be very good in all the physical stuff, you know. Yeah. And um, so does he seem like a good guy? Yeah, he seems fine. Uh, I forget, because the alliances are, I still don't really know who everybody is to even know what the alliances are, but I think he's in, like, the uh, the hip young alliance, I want to say. Yeah. That's, now we uh, have, We'll see how that holds up. I'm guessing McColl is also in the uh, hip young alliance? I think so. She, I think she said she was, like, 25, and she is... Yeah, she's, uh, she's, like, 30, I thought. Oh, really? I thought she was 25. Kirsten was like 25. I think Mikol's, th- yeah, she's 30. I'm confusing all the ages and whatnot. But she's the one who is up like on Capitol Hill and everything. She's way into politics. Yeah, she's the political consultant. All right. Because, again, she's super cute, but uh, I don't know. If you're involved in D.C. politics, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's also really good looking. But, uh yeah. She's also recently married, I think, was part of her. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember. All right, next we have Red, who they always have to have a character of a southern white guy. Country bumpkin. (laughs) Yes. And this guy dresses in tie-dye, and he's got a giant red beard and a floppy hat. But uh, he said he was in the the Army or something, right? Yeah. Cameron was also, I want to say. Yeah, uh, long-haired, goofy-looking hair fella. Now, this, uh, Mikol's uh, aligned with the older crew as a 30-year-old. Oh. Yeah. All right. Now, wh- where's uh, Bonnie Jane? Is, is she pretending to be younger? <laughs> well, she's pretending she's to be 35. With the old, she's yeah. with the old, 30, Even her pretend age of 35 yeah. would put her with the older crew. Yeah. All right. So, But this red fella, how old's red? He's got to be pushing 40, right? Uh, 37. 37. All right. He's very old looking. Uh, but he's got all the country bumpkin slang and, uh, turns of phrase, you know? Yeah. He's, uh, he's something. Next we have Riley. Now she's a young one. Maybe she was 25. Riley, yeah. She's, she's also fighting for that number one spot, I think. Yeah, she's really cute. Uh, she's a blonde 
Um, not usually my type, but you know, she's something. People on the the uh, Big Brother subreddit, oh, they they love Riley. She's all over that. Place. Yeah. Well, they might not be loving her for long, the way things are going. But oh no. Yeah. Well, because she's seen as the ringleader of the uh, the young group since she was the HOH. And uh, I guess they did a very poor job of hiding that they would just go hang out in the HOH room, the young folks. So all the older folks downstairs like, hey, I think that might be an alliance up there. And uh, Heisem, one the uh, head of household now for this weekend, he has told Riley that he's she's his target (laughs) and told everyone else that she's his target also. Wow. All right. And then uh, Sari is the last one, and that's uh, Jared's mom there. How old is she? Uh, 50? Uh, she doesn't have a biography on CBS's webpage. I would guess she's about 50. So there you go. Um, and I yeah. don't know why they wouldn't be voting her out in the first week. Yeah, I don't think so. Although I guess they couldn't put her on the block there was the problem. CBS kind of set it up to make her survive week one. Uh, Jack, hearing about the cast, does this make you want to watch uh, Big Brother? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> Don't tell me on it any. It's kind of the same old, same old. Yeah, it's great. Hey, on uh, the first episode, they did some uh, stupid comedy bit where they had uh, Danielle, Frankie. And my girl Brittany yeah. came back. Yeah, it was good oh, to see Brittany. Brittany. Yeah, Brittany oh. looked good. And uh, now you're selling me on it. Yeah, yeah, back to Brittany again. So, love Brittany. Yeah, they unleashed the multiverse, which I still don't know what the multiverse does or means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Sure, it'll be terrible, and it'll be gone after week four. <laughs> so we yeah. <laughs> Uh, the competitions they did, they had to solve a puzzle or something where they ran back and forth with a puzzle or whatever. And yeah. America, I think America won that, right? She she was first in hers. Heat. That sounds right. Then they did the rowing thing. With the, they, I feel like uh, that's going to get confusing. They're going to be like, this week it's America's vote. Yeah. Well, you, know, you meant the <laughs> yeah. contestant, not, not the people. When I read, because I read, uh, it's Big Brother Network, I think. They, they post a synopsis of the live feeds like every day. And every time I read it, it's so-and-so talking to America, and it's like, they're just talking to the camera. Oh, no, right. They're talking to that person named America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like America Chavez, another comic book. Uh, yeah. And then uh, there was a con- the, the big shoe kicking them in the butt doing the rowing thing. Then there was a contest yeah. where they were, like, uh, hanging. They were on a flat ground, but there was, like, a bungee cord pulling them back, and they had to hang, right? Yeah. Yep. Was one and then Corey lost that one. I remember he got pulled into the the nether region. They kept saying the nether, the nether region, yeah. Like they pulled into Julie Chen's nether region. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and well, I can't remember the fourth competition. I don't even know. Uh It was like diffusing a bomb. You had to move a bunch of wires around. Or uh, something. Yeah. All right. So I don't know. Maybe I'll put it on in the background if I'm looking for something to just have on going on. But uh, yeah, you could always just go on Pluto TV to watch the live uh, feeds too. I think I'll probably keep track of the uh, Big Brother Not Safe for Work subreddit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> because that yeah. Seems... 
That's all you really need. Although Christian's <laughs> gone now, so that hurts it. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, eh, whatever. All right, so there's your I'll big brother. You. I'll let you know if anything important happens. All right, Tuffy will keep us up to any more uh, racial slurs and uh, let us know. All right, uh, SummerSlam Tuffy last weekend. Uh, Asuka lost yeah. her championship, Jank. She lost the title. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, it's terrible. That was all right. I was all right with that. And the, yeah, not yeah. The, the way it worked out, the, the way it worked out, it was fine. Uh, so uh, they had the old triple threat. The match was kind of clunky at the beginning, but it picked up. Uh, Bianca hit that four fifty splash. That was ridiculous. Oh, good lord. Yeah, I uh, I didn't care for the way they did the fake injury. I thought it was good, but I, I couldn't tell what the fuck happened because then. They weren't showing the fake injury because I don't know if she missed the spot and it didn't look good enough or what. Uh, they were. I hit- thought she might have been actually injured. Yeah, well, see, that's what I think they were going for because uh, she had like uh, injured her knee during the match a little bit, and then they did a spot where Charlotte threw her over the top rope and knocked her off the yeah. top rope, I guess, and she like slammed into the stairs, but they didn't yep. show her landing. So yeah. I think they're trying to like a lot of people online thought it was real at first, you know. Uh, but yeah, then, I was one of them. And then uh, she ran back in, and he, she hit the 450 splash while Charlotte had Oscar in the figure eight. So well, the that, match keeps, that was the other part of the problem is you do a fake injury that looks real, and then yeah. she immediately runs back in and does a 450 splash off the top rope. It's like, oh, okay, well, and it was fucking awesome too. The, and uh, so then they're yeah. still fighting, and then uh, Charlotte gets Bianca in the figure eight, and she has the bad knee, and she's about to. The, but Oscar crawls in and just spits the mist, and, they show, and she drowned yeah. Charlotte with the mist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then Oscar goes to kick Bianca, but Bianca ducks and then uh, rolls up Oscar. Rolls her up. One, and two, three. The so Bianca. And then the music champion. hits Mike Dell. Yeah, EO Sky. I love EO Sky's theme song. That song is awesome. And then uh, EO Sky comes down with Bailey, and they're running down with the briefcase, and they cash in. And EO hits the uh, moonsault on Bianca, and EO Sky is your new women's champion. Yeah. Dakota Kai's there to hang out. Yeah, Dakota Kai came back. Did you hear about Dakota Kai? Like, uh, she told a story on her Twitch channel that uh, they were asking her, "How? when did you know you were coming back? One o'clock that day is when she <laughs> found out. <laughs> and she had to uh. hurry up and get on a plane and fly out, and she said she got there, like, just as, like, the, they picked her up at the airport, and they were doing her makeup in the car, and yeah. uh, she got there, they, she changed real quick, and they took her out, and, like, that was it. Like, she just got there in time, and so. <laughs> um, well, that's good. Yeah, but she didn't have a lot of warning. Oh. Uh, so, good to see Dakota back. She's not cleared yet to wrestle, but. Uh, yeah. At least she's she's back though, so that's cool. Uh, what uh, I'm guessing, Jank, you did not watch SummerSlam, right? Nope, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> uh, uh, Shayna beat Ronda, and Ronda seems like she might be done now. Yeah, she's done, and w- that was just that match should not have been on the card. Like no one cared. No, no one gave a fuck. They should have had that Becky match. and Trish over that match. Yes. Um. Uh, Rollins, Finn Balor. Like I, I actually felt awkward for them. Like the crowd was quiet during the match. Wow. Yeah, 
I mean, they were so dead that carried over to the start of the Oscar match a little too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. That was a good match. And uh, Seth retained because again, the Judgment Day yep. got all uh, screwed up. Got with the, the wires crossed and yep. mixed up the plans, and Finn got stomped onto the briefcase. Hey, Brock versus Cody was really good. Yeah. Brock is just the best. He is so yeah. good. He really He's is. great. He is so fucking good. And because uh, everything is so believable and he could just murder anybody and he sells for people. And then, uh, you know, he man, it's just so good. And I, at the end, when he raised Cody's hand, Triple H says that wasn't planned. He said that was Brock doing that on his own. Whether you believe that or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah. Um, but either way, that's awesome for Brock to do that. So, yeah, Cody's a made guy now. I, this is why he didn't beat Roman because you needed him to go through all this shit, you know? Yeah. So. No, you still have like six, seven months to kill before he's going to beat Roman at WrestleMania. But. Yeah, I don't know what they're going <laughs> to do. Yeah. But, um, some people were saying, I guess there was a report Brock was injured very early in the match, but. I couldn't tell anything. That match was great. Yeah. So, although his shorts exploded uh, at some point, did you see that? <laughs> no. Like the front of his. Uh, if you go back and look, uh, there's you know, like photos of when Cody has him in the crossroads at the end of the match. Like the front of Brock's shorts are just split all the way down. Oh. You can see his underpants oh. underneath. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how it happened, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Logan Paul beat Ricochet. Dude, that that kicked off the show. Logan Paul is so fucking good at wrestling. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, that guy is so good. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he beat Ricochet. Uh, uh, some some clown, uh, some unknown person gave him some brass knuckles, and he uh, just punched Ricochet. Yeah. Brass. I, I always love a good brass knuckle spot. A big yeah. But yeah, Logan yeah. Paul's great. So. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, L.A. Knight won the Slim Jim Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, Slim Jim Battle Royale. Uh, did anything cool happen in there? Grayson Waller uh, was in there a bit. He did some cool. But, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't remember any big spots out of that. Yeah. Uh, who were the final four? Like Bronson Reed, I think, was towards the end. L.A. Knight. Yeah. Uh, Sheamus, maybe. Sheamus. Yeah, did he eliminate Sheamus to win it, or who did he eliminate to win it? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't either. Sheamus might be right. Um, so that's something. But, yeah, the crowd was hot for LA Knight still. And uh, did you see that promo uh, he had with The Miz on Raw? Yeah, that was great. Miz was really good. I think Miz was better. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, but, but that's a good feud for him, though, you know, like a good. Yeah. So that worked out. Gunther uh, beat Drew. Yeah, that was fine. That was a good match. You know, that was that was some meaty men slapping meat. Yep. And, uh, and then uh, the tribal chief. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I don't know. Let's talk about this. So uh, <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso is supposed to be tribal combat. I thought. Yeah. Tribal combat meant no other members of the bloodline could be there, right? Wasn't that a stipulation? 
That, no? that I believe was a stipulation. Yet every member of the bloodline showed up and still interfered, like you. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the point of that? And then at the end, uh, Jimmy Uso, who Roman yeah. and Solo beat the fuck out of and put in the hospital, comes yep. back and cost Jay the match by super kicking Jay in the face. And then. So. Yeah, pulls him off the pin and then super kicks him. This made no sense whatsoever. None of this made any fucking nope. sense. Now, I'm sure they have a reason. I didn't watch SmackDown the night that's going on as we were recording this. I'm sure they have a reason. Yeah. Maybe it was like, because uh, I think wasn't like if Jim, if Jay won, he was going to be the head of the bloodline or whatever. So maybe you could say, yeah. oh, J- Jimmy what doesn't want Jay to be corrupted by that. So he, he's. That, making- was, uh, that was part of Paul Heyman when they were trying to convince Jay to stay in the bloodline. As he said, you know, Jimmy's the one who doesn't want you to be the tribal chief, Jay. So, but maybe Jimmy, like, is the brother's like, no, you can't be, if you, you'll be corrupted like Roman, if you, so maybe they're going to do something like that. Or maybe they're going to say his dad told him to do this or something, you know, Rikishi is their dad, he told yeah. him. But, so I'm sure they probably have a reason, but the problem is people watching that pay-per-view don't know the reason, and they see this, yeah. and they're like, this makes no fucking sense. And now we have to wait a week to get the reason? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was not. four months for Roman to have a match? That was not good. That was not good. Did you like it? I I did not enjoy that. Uh, no, I was confused by it. I didn't really understand what they were doing. Yeah, it it seemed very much like late era WCW, just a swerve for a swerve's sake. Yeah, like, it should have been like another. And, it should have been another USO member, like because uh, they have another. <laughs> there's always an USO out there, you know. There's yeah. there's more of them out there. <laughs> Bring in another one. Jacob Fatu is on the independent circuit. Bring him in. Although he's had some trouble yep. with the law, so that's why he's not with well, the WWE, I guess. <laughs> have The Rock stop by for five minutes, you know? That's yeah. all you need. Uh, but having Jimmy super kick him is like, what? This makes no fucking sense. So uh, they better have a good explanation. That's all I can say. Yeah, or have Rikishi come out and, uh, you well, know. Well, I think uh, the, the next pay-per-view is payback, I believe, in early September, I think. But uh, apparently um, the rumor is that Rikishi is going to be the special referee for whatever match. Okay. Because apparently there's probably going to be a Jay versus Jimmy match or something. Probably that. Yep. That's probably what it's going to be. So uh, Rikishi was supposed to do a signing somewhere and the people that were doing that promotion put it up on their poster. See Rikishi before he's the guest referee at Payback. And it's like they haven't announced it yet. Yeah, <laughs> but so that could be a problem. But yeah, that probably is going to be the match, Jimmy versus Jay with the the dad. Yeah, because the other uh, rumor I saw is Roman's basically off until Survivor Series now in terms of matches. Yeah. So I don't know. That's uh, hey, Jank, did you go back and watch Family Feud with the the WWE people? Oh no, I forgot. Yeah. Well, the the ladies lost. I'm going to spoil it for you. If you lost. Oh, okay. Yeah, the men. Were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You could go check out uh, Up Up Down Down had their uh, summer games that Liv Morgan's involved I, in. Yeah, I, I did watch some of the Maxine Dupree's in there too. Oh yeah, she is something. She's basically like this era Stacy Keebler, you know, like not a wrestler, but just yeah. smoking hot for smoking hot sake. And I guess she. Hey, uh, you see that hip toss, Mike Dell? She's a wrestler now. Chad yeah, Gable's got her all caught up. <laughs> and uh but from uh I heard Chad Gable in an interview, he says like she's really she works really hard though and she's like uh backstage yeah. and so good for her, you know. Um 
That's cool. Uh, what else? Yeah, I listened to, she was on After the Bell a couple of weeks ago. I listened to that. That was pretty good. Yeah, I did not listen to that. Hey, Corey Graves and Carmelo were at the Steelers training camp this week. Ooh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. They gave him they gave him jerseys. Uh, Carmelo's got a Steelers jersey now. But um, what else is happening in wrestling? So I, I saw Oscar and Charlotte opened up SmackDown, I guess, and they were wrestling, and uh, Damage Control came down and beat the hell out of both of them. So I have no memory of that. Yeah. Uh, any other big wrestling news? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I guess Oscar. Uh, afterwards, she put out a tweet like uh, may not be around much longer. So I, it's all time is precious because, yeah, because late on her uh, YouTube channel, she's basically building a house in Japan and she's having her own arcade in the huh. basement of the house. <laughs> and she's been that like, collect- be yeah, she's been collecting arcade game, like, you know, giant arcade machines. And she has them stored in Japan. I remember I said she went back to Japan a couple of weeks ago for some reason. Well, I, I think she's she was meeting with the architecture firm who's building her house or whatever, this uh, or private arcade. Huh. And so if she's building it in Japan, that means, you know, she's going back to Japan soon. So whenever. So this is probably her last year here. Yeah, because um, I did see a lot of stuff uh, about like, oh, Asuka, you know, where does she fall in the pantheon, whatever. And it's like the one thing she doesn't have is a WrestleMania victory. So I'm assuming. Yeah. Next year, she'll win a match at WrestleMania to close out her career or something. And I guess they did release some sort of a promo poster for WrestleMania, and uh, she is on the poster, so that's nice. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that probably will be it. And the other uh, big news I forgot about is Kyrie Sane is coming back to WWE. Her her Kabuki Warrior partner. And That'll be good. Yeah, she's got to finish up uh, her Japan stuff, I think, the end of September is her last. So they're saying she'll probably start in November in WWE. But that could also be, you know, to be part of Asuka's final run, you know, her and uh, yeah. Kyrie back together. So that'll be something. But I like that EO is champion and the fact that Asuka had a hand in somehow getting EO the belt. That's nice. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be great if Kyrie comes back and Asuka and EO. Uh, that'd be something. Oh, so, all right. Um, anything else to discuss on this big fake radio show? I don't think so. Uh, no, I got nothing. Jack, you're probably excited. Preseason football is here, and uh, that means NFLs are here. Oh yeah, I'm in like twelve fantasy leagues. <laughs> uh, Toffee, are you excited? Justin Fields, a lot of good talk out there though. Justin Fields is going to be MVP of the league. They, those bears, they're going to. Yeah, we don't want to get our expectations too high here. Uh, they're still the Bears. Well, that's probably wise. Yeah, it's probably a good move. All right, so uh, I guess that's it for the Big Fake Radio Show. Um, thanks to Miles Watson. Again, go uh, 19books.com, Amazon.com, buy his books. And uh, Flea Market Fantasy uh, with a Miles Watson. Iron Fist is up right now. He was on there when we did Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, learn all about Bill Howe. Yeah. Wow, I put up a Bill Howe <laughs> video today. <laughs> See if that one breaks 2,000. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck is Bill Howe? Yeah, I can't remember if I said that before we started recording, but uh, one of our uh, little uh, flea market fantasy shorts, 2,000 views. 2,000 views. 67 subscribers, Stuffy. 
67. Hey. Yeah. Getting up Yeah. There. He told him that to be number 69, so he just needs somebody to be 68 already. <laughs> <laughs> if we can just get every Jank family member to join, to subscribe, we'll have a thousand <laughs> easy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. True. All your cousins. <laughs> Get all the cousins to subscribe. They're not fans of my content. <laughs> Fair <enough. laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was cutting up the uh, Green Lantern video today, so that'll be a uh, that'll be our, yeah. We did Green Lantern with his cousin Pete last night. So uh, mm-hmm. Pete knows yeah. his Green Lantern. <laughs> So next week we're doing something called the Blue Devil Tuffy. If you want to be part of Blue Ooh. Devil, you can always stop by. <laughs> sure. Oh, well, if you want. All right, we'll, we'll be in touch, Tuffy. <laughs> Thursdays you do that? Yeah, Thursdays. Yeah. Look at that. Maybe a Tuffy. All right. That'll be something. Yeah. And, it looks like a real winner. <laughs> and uh, what else? Anything else? I guess that's it. Next week, uh, oh, whose turn is it to pick a movie? Uh, I think I'm up. Right. Yep. So. I got one in mind, but I gotta I gotta give it a quick preview, see if it's even watchable or not. And by <laughs> by next week, we will have a full week of Tuffy State Fair lunches to recap. Ooh, yeah, that'll be good. All right. So until next week, pass the Monchichi, Governor Gabby. Thank you very much.